Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is my co-host on this spooky adventure, Tim. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> and what? <laughs> fantastic, and, uh, fantastic introduction as always, Tim. Mm. Well, I don't like introductions. I always like to... <laughs> Yeah, skip right past it and get to the good stuff. Get to the good stuff. Mm, yes. Yeah. Coming up on this yeah. week's show, of course, is a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies every week. Uh, we are obviously going to be talking about It Chapter 2, uh, the hotly new anticipated sequel to It Chapter 1 from two years ago. Uh, that is the main discussion on the show. Of course, before we get to that, though, we are going to talk about some movie news. Uh, we'll start mm-hmm. the movie review spoiler-free, and then we'll go into spoilers, and we'll, we'll warn you, obviously, before we do that. Uh, so that's what's coming up on the show uh, this week. So, yeah, why why have small talk? Why why pretend <laughs> to be pleasant to Tim when we can just go straight into the news? Because um, I know this first item is something that Tim is really concerned about and really cares about. Um, <laughs> so, every week we seem to be starting these episodes now with who is coming back character-wise from Halloween for, oh. the, for Halloween Kills <laughs> next year. You know, we had uh, Lindsay Wallace and we've had... Uh, Tommy Doyle, and it was announced this week that uh, we're getting where's the where's the name here? Because I, I don't remember it. I don't remember it. Yes. So Robert Longstreet uh, is not the character. He's the actor who's going to play him. Uh, he mm-hmm. was in uh, the Haunting a Hill House. He was like the caretaker of the house. If you if you watched that show. Oh, okay. Yes, but, I did. Yes, he's going to play Lonnie Elam, and you're saying Lonnie Elam? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Who was that in Halloween? I don't remember that name. That was the kid that bullied Tommy at school. He had one scene. <laughs> Great. <laughs> he had the one scene. He knocked the, the, the pumpkin out of his hands or pushed him or whatever. Um, well, um, you know, I'm so glad that they went back and, you know, erased all that messy Halloween continuity so they can just start like a really fresh series and aren't beholden to the past. Uh, that's always that's great to hear. <laughs> Now they get rid of all the messy continuity so they could take every single character possible yeah. from Halloween one and do whatever they want with them. Um, yeah, honestly, I mean, this this is not really that much in terms of news. It's mostly just so we could joke about the fact that they're they're announcing yeah. that this other small character has return is returning for the new Halloween film. It's. I mean, I I feel the same way. I, I mean, at least. You know, Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace, those are, you know, I, I still don't really care about them coming back. Uh, I, I think that's still kind of weird, but at least those are recognizable named characters. Uh, this is just such a, like, yeah, it's like, who? And then even when you find out who it is, you're like, who? <laughs> like, <I don't, laughs> uh, sure, whatever. <laughs> I mean, what's I next? Is, is, is Halloween uh, Ends going to have, like, the kids from four who are like, and he's an orphan, and he's an orphan. Like, are we getting them? Are we getting them as a group in, in, in the third one? I hope so. Well, like, when I heard the news, I went, uh, like, I was going to make a joke about, you know, another obscure character that they could bring back. So I was, like, looking at the cast list of the first one, and it's like, the only other characters are, like, uncredited student, like, uncredited, <laughs> like, background person. And I'm like, oh, geez, there isn't even anyone, like, you can joke about them bringing back now. I don't know, CG Donald Pleasance is the only joke I've got, I suppose. Yeah. 
I wouldn't put him past it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, RLJE Films has made an acquisition at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, they have grabbed the US rights to Richard Stanley's uh, Color of Space, which is an adaptation of the same book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, the most important part here is this is the same producing team as Mandy. Uh, yep. Nicholas Cage and uh, Julie Richardson star in the film. Uh, and they play a family whose recent retreat to rural life quickly is disrupted by a meteoric, I mean, sorry, a meteorite that crashes in their front yard. Mm-hmm. The gardener's peaceful escape quickly becomes a hallucinatory, <laughs> sorry, hallucinatory prison as an extraterrestrial organism contaminates the farmstead, infecting everything and everyone it can. You know, obviously, we're intrigued. We're intrigued because of who's involved with this. Oh yeah, I actually I just got my ticket for it <laughs> yesterday because it's uh, playing at uh, Beyond Fest, which is this uh, little like a uh, film festival they do out here. I'm very excited. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, it's uh, it's it's neat. Um, I'm excited based on you know based on Mandy, but even though it's not the same director, it's worth mentioning. Yes. It's, it's not uh, Cosmatos mm. who's directing it. Have you seen anything by Richard Stanley? I actually don't know off the top of my head. Uh, he did hardware. Oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not. I have. I I love hardware. Hardware's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hardware, and then uh, if you ever seen the documentary, um, I forget what it's called. Uh, it might be like Lost Soul or something like that. Uh, which is all about him. Uh, he got hired to do uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau, and it just like everything like it kind of like fell out from under him. And uh, it's really really good documentary. I, I highly recommend it. It's, if you haven't seen it it's been a long time since uh, he made a movie right like it's not it's, he's not like he's been doing regular movies for the last 20 well, years I, I, yeah he i think this is his actually his first movie uh yeah since he got fired from uh dr moreau i think but uh, i mean if you watch the documentary though you see he's a super weird guy and then i don't know if um he was mad at hollywood and didn't want to make anything after or if hollywood was fed up with him because of the movie or something but uh yeah i don't think he's made anything since and then um but I, i'd highly recommend watching the that documentary it's amazing but i i think he's like a you know super cool interesting guy and then yeah like you said um you know it's nicholas cage they're adapting a lovecraft story so and everything about it sounds really interesting and i think uh, at the bare minimum i mean yeah it's there's you know a possibility that you know might not come together but i think at the very least it's going to be a weird interesting movie <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll uh, obviously do this in the show uh, down the line when it's mm-hmm. uh, available elsewhere. But like, yeah, uh, so so <laughs> so super interesting, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that's got some distribution now, which is cool. Uh, next up, we have uh, a remake in the works of The Whistler, which is a film I don't, I don't think is actually out yet. It's a, mm-hmm. a Spanish language original, directed uh, uh, by. The, uh- oh? The original isn't out yet, or the remake isn't out yet. The original's not out yet, I don't think. I'm already getting a remake. Of it? Well, it's a Spanish film. It's a Spanish language oh, film okay. <laughs> uh, called uh, by director uh, Gisberg uh, Bermudez. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, it's about a father who seeks to unearth the origin of the Whistler's curse in order to halt the gradual possession of his daughter by the avenging entity. Uh, but apparently. Uh, Spy Kids and Predators producer Elizabeth uh, Evelyn has acquired the remake rights uh, to The Whistler and they're hoping it'll start a franchise, which basically means I'm expecting... I mean, I don't know about the original, but I'm expecting this to just suck and 
they want to do sequels. And knowing my luck, it'll be successful and we'll actually get to make sequels and we'll have to watch them all. Uh, <laughs> nothing about this is uh, int- intriguing to me. I mean, maybe the original movie that's coming out might be might be great. Um, also, I think it's came out. I think it's already came out in its, con- its own country. I think it's just like not came out mm-hmm. everywhere else yet. But yeah. it's uh, one of those movies. So, well, I mean, all I gotta say to that is, uh... <laughs> that was terrible, Tim. That was terrible. <laughs> Moving swiftly. The movie is called Whistlers. <laughs> and I whistled. That... That's that's great. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, quick, quick bit of casting here uh, for James Wan's next film, uh, which was oh. which has been referred to as Silver Cup right now. Maddie uh, Maddie Hassan has been cast in it, uh, who was in I Saw the Lights, God Bless America, and Mister Mercedes. Um, none of which I have seen, so I can't comment on her in any way, shape, or form. I would love to watch Mister Mercedes uh, if I could find it. <laughs> it's on like one of those like weird channels no one's ever heard of. Mm. It's like the AT and T channel or something. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, just a bit of casting. She joins uh, Annabelle Wallace, uh, Jake Abel, and George Young in the cast. So uh, this is James Wan's horror movie that he's doing before he returns to Aquaman 2, uh, meaning that it's the more interesting of the two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wonder if it's going to be a werewolf movie. Uh, it could be. I mean, maybe that's why Silver's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, maybe in, in his lore, the only way to defeat a werewolf is by tricking them to drinking from a silver cup. <laughs> you must drink this uh, holy water, but only from a silver cup. If it's not a silver cup, then it won't have the effect. Uh, hey, it's not bad. <laughs> so, uh, next up. Uh, so here's something. I know you're not excited for this movie, which is the third in the Collector franchise, because we got the Collector. Oh, yes. And then mm. the collection, and then the third one's going to be called the collected. Although right now the E's are three mm. in the words, which is really annoying. I hate that trend. Yes. But yep. uh, it's called the correct uh, the collected. What you will like though is apparently Tom Atkins is in talks to star in this movie. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tim, you know for a fact that before this comes out, we have to do the first two. So you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it another shot. I didn't really like it when uh, we, uh, yeah, watched the other one. And I, 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 I always forget which one I've seen and which one I didn't. And because I, I, I do think I heard one is like better than the other. So I don't know. Maybe I'll like it a little better uh, watching the second time around. Um, but yeah, as. Uh, Man, I, I really wanted to go to, uh, again, at Beyond Fest, they were doing a Tom Atkins uh, marathon uh, that I really wanted to go to, but it's on the same day as my wedding anniversary, so I don't think, <laughs> uh, I, don't think I can swing it. <laughs> Honey, do you know what would be really romantic? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Atkins. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah. Um, and it's, it's worth mentioning here, it specifies a starring role. It's not just that he's going to have a small role. He's a yeah. starring role. Uh, so, sure. Well, I mean, if this if this collector is collecting humans, I got to imagine you would start with Tom Atkins. Maybe not start. I think you're building up to Tom Atkins. I think Tom Atkins <laughs> is your is your white whale. That's the one that you, okay, that's true. you try to get yeah. to, you know? Uh, if, he's, <laughs> if he says, throw me at some point in the movie, that's an automatic 10 for me. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find with Tom Atkins, he was in Night of the Creeps, Halloween 3, a uh, bunch of other stuff. Uh, Creep Show. 
He's in Creepshow, yes. Yes, he is in Creepshow. <laughs> Although without a moustache in Creepshow, which was weird. I did not like yeah. it. Yeah, it's like a it. mistake. T- Tom Atkins without a moustache is just a, a sin against humanity, and I cannot, I cannot, I cannot abide by it. Uh, yeah. Next up, Shudder has uh, gotten the rights in several territories, mainly the US, the UK, Canada, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, so, the major English-speaking territories, I guess, uh, to, to sort of out. Uh, so, they've gotten the rights to a high-concept uh, psychological Norwegian horror film called Lake of Death. Mm, interesting. I know. Uh, it's based, it's an adaptation of Andre Bjerke's a classic 1942 Norwegian novel, Lake of the Dead. So they've, they've altered the title a little bit. Here's the description. Lake of Death follows a small group of friends who... Ab- there's some... Yeah, there's, some weird, there's a weird grammar- grammatical thing here. that Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but Lake of Death follows a small group of friends who are battle to survive in the middle of the forest and fjords of Norway. End of sentence. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like a, a lake. I'm, I don't know. I oh, no, I get it now. Me. I get it now. For some, I was having a brain fart there when I was trying to read that. Like, lake of Death follows a small group of friends who battle to survive in the middle of the forest of Fords and Norway. Yeah, no, it makes more sense than that. For some reason, it, to me, it sounded like it was saying, um, I don't know. For for some reason, I, I was I was I, I got really confused, Tim. I got really confused. I don't know what to say. This is, and it's uh, I don't like this because I can't. Like it's hard for me to. <laughs> that, well, like I can't understand if we're losing internet connection or if you're just thinking about something. So I'm like, uh, wait, do we need to do some tech work? Or <laughs> no, no, no. This is all me. To figure it out. <laughs> this is all me. This is all me. Uh, I just think it's not a great sentence. It's not a great sentence, yeah. and it really it really threw me off the way it was phrased. It, it sounds like some uh, Swedish people are gonna fight a lake. That's what. That's <laughs> that's the gist of it. <laughs> I, for some, I was expecting to say friends who in a battle to survive and then go on to more of the sentence, but it's just saying who battles to survive in the middle of the forest uh, and fjords of Norway. Uh, the story is based on a Norwegian legend uh, thought to be an, an innocent folklore. Uh, so there you go. It's, it's a thing. Um, that was the worst news reading I have ever done in my life. Um, I was completely baffled by that sentence. Uh, it doesn't really tell us a whole lot. I assume there is a monster or a spiritual enemy of some kind. Sure. Maybe uh, might even be the Loch Ness Monster. Who knows? That is the wrong part of the world, Tim, just for the record. Hey, Nessie can swim, baby. <laughs> you get that a loch is a lake and not connected to, like... Anything else, right? It's a closed off. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Have you explored every inch of the lake? You don't know if there's, you know, connecting underwater canals that lead out to the ocean and into fjords that <laughs> it could pop up in. That's my project for the week, Tim. I'll go. I'll go to Nessie. I'll go. I'll go to, right in your backyard. I'll go to Loch Ness and and go go diving and see if I can find any channels. Yeah, you're right. To confirm or deny this. Uh, so, yes, uh, Lake Lake of Death, Lake of Death is coming to Shudder. So, hey, good name. Yes, that's an okay name. It's an okay name. Uh, something we'll take a look at, no doubt, when it when it when it hits. Uh, next up, Rooney Mara is uh, being cast in Nightmare Alley, which of course is Guillermo del Toro's oh. next next movie film. Sounds good to me. 
<laughs> of course it does. <laughs> I'm in. Of course Del it Toro, does. A Nightmare, an Alley. What else do you want? <laughs> the original novel is described as a study of the lowest depths of showbiz and its sleazy inhabitants. The dark, shadowy world of second-rate carnival filled with hustlers, scheming grifters, and Machiavellian femme fatales. The 1947 movie chronicles the rise and fall of Stanton Carlyle, a mentalist who lies and deceits, whose lies and deceits prove to be his own downfall. So there was a movie in 1947, so uh, he's Del Toro's oh. not being very original with this. Quite <laughs> Remake frankly. alert. Yeah. Uh, but Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett are attached to it, so now you got Runa Mari as well in there. Oh, um, Rocket Raccoon and whoever those other people are. <laughs> Hey, uh, Kate Blanchett was hella in Thor <laughs> Ragnarok, Tim. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure they'll, oh man, I'd love to hear the the tales they share on set about <laughs> being part of the MCU. I'm sure they just <laughs> love talking about it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, so that is uh, Nightmare Alley. I will say that these big names been cast to it, it's making me think of uh, Crimson Peak. Which makes me mm-hmm. think it'll kind of be a horror movie, but it'll probably be really, yeah. like, I don't know, mainstream I mean, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's uh, th- that is actually uh, something I kind of am not crazy about with the the movie we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but because uh, I don't know, I, yeah, I feel like you know, if you're doing like a horror movie, you don't really want like big actors. Like, I, I feel like you want the you want those nice character actors uh, a lot more interesting than yeah i feel like it's distracting if you're watching something on screen and going like oh it's that guy hey i love that guy you know you sound like an old woman sometimes tim those nice character <laughs> actors <laughs> hey you know it's uh i just you know it's uh i don't know it was something i was thinking about okay but. okay uh, so we got some trailers to talk about to wrap things up. I think the biggest mm-hmm. one is the new remake of Black Christmas, which we've got a poster as well and um, got its trailer this week. So what's in it? I've never actually seen the 2006 remake, although we're definitely going to be doing that. <laughs> we'll be doing that before this one hits. This 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 one comes out Friday the 13th in December, so we're going to be obviously doing that then. So the week before we'll we'll have the uh, the 2006 one. But uh, I love the original. I'm a big fan of the original. I didn't want to see the uh, the uh, the remake when it came out because mm-hmm. I was like, no, because that was right in the middle of like the remake like decade, you know, when it was like yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth wasn't actually that bad as a remake, but like you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hell's Have Eyes, mm-hmm. like all Texas these Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. Yes. I just I had no. But the time that that one hit, I just wasn't like I didn't want it. I just didn't want to see it. <laughs> but um yeah so we got a trailer here for for the new one and it does look different enough that it doesn't feel like it's just doing mm-hmm. the original i mean which does lead to a complaint where i'd say well why not just call it something else because it's not really black christmas <laughs> at this yeah. point uh because black christmas of course if you're Pretty if you're un- if you're unfamiliar with it it has uh you know the, the the girls in the sorority house getting like these obscene phone calls and mm-hmm. We know from pretty much the start of the film that the the person's inside the house. So you know the calls are coming from inside the house. You know that's one of the early movies that did that. Um, and I don't know what the, the two thousand six remake did, but this movie does not seem to have that really. They are getting texts at one point. I guess that's the twenty first century version. We're getting texts. Um, <laughs> yeah. And at one point in the trailer, someone says that you know he's inside the house, but I don't. 
Like, I didn't get the impression from the rest of the trailer that it was like, you know, because the first person in the trailer who looks like they, they get killed is just like walking out in the street. It, it just looks like there's a slasher around at Christmas. Um, um it's uh, and uh, I I think fair warning too for people who haven't watched the trailer yet. It does look um spoilery. Like it's yeah, it yeah. looks like it's giving a lot away. Because um, I'm pretty sure I know who the villain. Unless they swerve us in the movie, I th- I think mm-hmm. the killer. I'll say like, the identity is you know. I mean, I'll I'll just say like so. Spoil if you've not seen the trailer, we're going to spoil what's in the trailer. <laughs> right and i know that sounds weird to say but i feel like this is spoiling where the movie's going because it seems really obvious but it looks like it's an evil fraternity who it's not just one killer it looks like there's going to be a whole army of killers which again is not black christmas at all this is a completely different concept yeah i actually thought the trailer looked uh pretty good but i mean again like you said uh why are we calling it this like it's like you know, I mean, other than uh, it's a slasher on a college campus during Christmas time, like that's such a vague, mm-hmm. you know, concept that you don't have to, you know, remake it uh, or, you know, name it after this thing, especially since it's a movie that has already been <laughs> remade not too long ago. So, I, I mean, that definitely does irk me. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, though, I do think the trailer does look interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I like Imogen Poots, who's like the lead in here. Uh, she was in oh, yeah. Green Room and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, she, she's really likable, I think. And mm-hmm. um, I do kind of like, because the vibe the trailer gives and the poster gives this vibe as well, is that the movie's really about, once the killings start, it's about the, the main three or four girls kind of like teaming together and being like, no, we're going to fight these bastards. That, that, that seems yeah. to be the, the, the theme of the trailer in uh, the movie so i like that I, I i always like proactive characters i always like characters who fight back and take action and i think this is definitely uh, given that we've got like a, a bunch of evil guys who seem to be behind this and we've got the girls kind of teaming up to fight back it feels like it's actually trying to have kind of a, like a feminist spin on it uh which is cool uh mm-hmm. my only real complaint about this at all is that it's called black christmas just call it something else call it, it, it christmas it, it's <laughs> christmas with a dash of blood or something Christ. <laughs> oh hey here's one that's this has to have been used before but chris massacre oh that's a really good one <laughs> come on that's good right like that one. <laughs> chris massacre but what i find so weird about this is like i don't understand like who exactly it's for because if you're a big fan of the original you're going to be mad that they're remaking it and if you're a more casual fan who's never seen the original you probably have no idea what the original is so it's kind of like like... that that, this will do whatever it does business-wise and probably decently well because it's a christmas horror movie that comes out at christmas you know bloomhouse put and it's bloomhouse that are doing this bloomhouse put a lot of stuff out um it makes sense that this this would do well as an audience for it. It's just, yeah, call it something else because it's clearly not Black Christmas. It, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like there was the one moment in the trailer where it's, <laughs> it's kind of aping on the where they find the body in the attic. Like they turn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's got that moment in it, I suppose. But, like, a couple of moments, you know, whatever. Like, just yeah. call it something else. <laughs> but the, the trailer looks fine. Like, I, I'm actually kind of into watching this. I'm not looking forward to the 2006 version, but... <laughs> um, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm into what this movie looks oh. like. It is, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to, to go back and watch the 2006 version. I, I think I might have seen that in theaters. Uh, yeah, I don't and, remember. And obviously, if you're wondering why we're not going to do the original, it's because we already did it. We did it like two years ago at Christmas. So the the original <laughs> Black Christmas is reviewed by us already. Uh, you can go check that out. 
so I will say, I will say, as much as I'm complaining that it shouldn't be called Black Christmas, I will, mu- I would much rather have a film that's clearly different and I, I can just moan about the name being the same than having that's a movie true. that just tries to actually just do the same movie again because that's like pointless yeah. and dull and <laughs> and, and <laughs> tedious to sit through. So yeah. it looks okay. So we'll see. It's in December, um, and we did check. We get it at the same time, so we'll be able to review that uh, when it hits. Cool. All right. Pardon me. Um. So next up, uh, we get a trailer for uh, Gretel and Hansel, uh, because there was a movie, you know, ten years ago called Hansel and Gretel. So we have to swap the yeah. <laughs> swap the names. Um, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's important in the story. Maybe maybe it does focus more on uh, on Hansel or, or sorry on Gretel, and that's why it's uh, you know. Uh, so so uh, so Ryan Pitcher's doing this, um, and uh, yeah, it's a very short trailer. It's only about a minute or so long, and it's the, t- the two siblings who are kids, and it's a. Uh, uh, the girl who plays Beverly Marsh and it who's in this. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I think it was her. I'm sure it was. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's her. Uh, Sophia <coughs> Lillis is her name, uh, and it's them meeting the old woman. And I don't really know the story of Hansel and Gretel, so <laughs> like I'm just kind of going by the trailer here. Um, you but, don't know that at all. Mm, I don't remember it really. If I do, if I ever did, I don't remember it. I mean, it's just like like like. I mean, obviously, I never like read you know the original grim fairy tale but you know it's just the little kids get lost in the wood they you know they leave a trail of bread breadcrumbs and i think the crows eat it and then there's this uh witch with a candy house that mm. invites them in and um yeah <laughs> uh I, I, I don't know it's uh I, I thought this trailer actually looked pretty good and then um I, I don't know if you have it up there in front of you but who, who's a director i think it was like a notable director right do 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 osgood perkins who directed okay, he... The Black Coat's Daughter and I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. We've reviewed Black okay. Coat's Daughter. We should probably do the other one. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I, I, think, I think you like Black Coat's Daughter a little bit more than me, right? Or... Yeah, I was into it. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty solid movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I... I... I, I don't hate Black Coast Diary. I wasn't like super uh, excited about it, but I do think he is a, a good director. Uh, and I, I thought this looked pretty cool. So I'm actually kind of excited about it. I thought it looked and, uh, a really nice visual style. And interestingly, uh, the aspect ratio was one six six to one. They were they're going for like a like a, yeah. an older ratio, which is interesting to me. Um, yeah, that's kinda... one of the first things I noticed. <laughs> bait me, Tim. Bait me. Uh, but no, it's, it's got a nice visual style, and it looks like it's it's not trying because one of the things I hate about some movies that have this kind of setting is they go for that kind of gray CG look, you know. And I'm actually thinking I never saw Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, but like the the, the trailer and like how it looked, like I'm not a fan of that style. Whereas this looks like it's going more for something that looks like the witch, right? Where it's the warm yeah. like candle lights and the the moody like sort of real darkness as opposed to the kind of more fabricated thing. Um, and the the witch, you know, had a couple of creepy moments. Uh, yeah. You know, at the, the end where it's kind of stuttering and she's like swallowing the thing or whatever, or she's pulling the thing out of her mouth. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, I will say for the record, uh, yeah, Witch Hunters, uh, very very stupid, but kind of a fun movie. Um, uh, yeah, I mean the movie might be good. I never saw it, so I, I can't. It, fault. I mean, it's you know, it, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's stupid fun, but uh, um. What was I gonna say? Your oh, favorite, uh, Jeremy it... Renner. Ugh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about this offline. But did you hear about his app thing? <laughs> I heard he was closing he... his app. I didn't know he had an app yeah. before that, though. And so it's so freaking dummy. <laughs> yeah, like his own app is basically just like Instagram, but like only like, he could only post stuff. It's so stupid. I can't imagine anyone actually being a fan of him. Like, why? <laughs> like, 
even if you don't mind him, who, who actually would like him that much? But whatever, though, that's, you know, here nor there. Uh, so the one uh, caveat for this movie, though, uh, that I'm a little worried about is if it does well, we're going to see so many, like, you know, imitate, like, every studio is going to want to put out a creepy fairy tale movie after that, you know? <laughs> like Oh, sure, yeah. That's, uh, that's the only thing that, like, got me worried a little bit. I was like, oh, this looks cool, but then are we going to have to review like the following year, like a snow white horror movie, a sleepy beauty horror movie. You know? <laughs> like, I, I'll say though, if, if that happens and in between this and Halloween, I'm glad that slashers and something else, you know, something that's not haunted houses is kind of like coming back again. Cause I, I feel like we sure. had like a yeah. period there for about 10 years where that was what every horror movie almost was like, you know, yeah. because, because insidious and, and I love insidious and I like conjuring a lot, but mm. After those movies, like oh man, like every every horror movie, every other horror movie was a demon or possession or ghost movie. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm okay with them doing starting a new trend for a while. Yeah. I'm all right with it. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Gretel and Hansel looks looks not bad. Uh, is that is that two good trailers back to back, Tim? What's yeah. happening here? What, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Should we go for the trifecta? We have one more trailer to talk about. And will the trailer for Killer Killer Sofa will that <laughs> you know com, you know continue the, the the positivity? I don't know. Uh, Electric Dreams meets Christine in the heartwarmingly horrific chronicle of a killer lazy boy that falls in love with a girl and the bloody carnage that follows as a result. Oh boy! Uh, the 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 poster as well is uh, delightful. Yeah, uh, the sofa has teeth. Um, and eyes and it's great it's 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 it's, it's wonderful uh the trailer itself how did you feel about it Tab? <laughs> uh it, it, it's a little tough because uh and i think this is similar when we talked about uh the trailer for tables where mm-hmm. um all right i think it's a funny concept uh you know the trailer you know was actually i thought pretty good but it's one of those things where, like all right obviously this is a joke can it sustain itself for yeah. an entire movie um and I, I was actually surprised like with some of the um you know stuff that they were able to do in the trailer like you, you know like using like box springs uh, almost like uh, as if it was hands and yeah, stuff yeah. and like there's a lot of fun stuff like that but uh, again like would this have been better as a you know five ten minute internet short parody kind of thing versus uh i would uh, you know, I'd maybe go further and say, should it be like a twenty-minute entry in an anthology movie? You know, should this sure. be like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like five or six weird stories like this? This could be one of them, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> I, I could see that. I will say, I'm not sold on it yet. Like, I, I'm not sure if it if it's going to again sustain and and be entertaining for like ninety minutes or whatever. But I will say, compared to Tables, since that's the one you brought up, and it's a valid mm-hmm. comparison, this definitely looks much better made. It has. Better. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is an Australian film, from the sounds of it, uh, or maybe New Zealand, because I'm not going to lie, I have trouble telling the difference with the accents. I apologize, uh, but it's you know, like it looks better made. It looks like it has actual like lighting. It looks like the actors aren't, yeah. <laughs> you know, terrible. Uh, at least compared to that other and, trailer. And the one thing I do like is uh, it looks like everyone's taking it very seriously. Like, yes. You know, it's not like uh, it doesn't look like people are going to be turning to the camera and like, you know, making goofy faces or something like it's like, OK, like 
if you are going to do this concept, I, I like that you are treating it very seriously because uh, that's even funnier to me than like. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, <laughs> someone like, I don't know, just making a dumb joke or something. I think um, I do kind of like the idea though of a movie like this where everyone plays it dead serious except one character. There's one yeah. character who turns to the camera and like rolls his eyes, or so. But everyone yeah. else is playing it like dead straight. I could see some potential um, in that. So I, mean, I, I guess like the one big thing though we gotta talk about is, uh, and I, again, um, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, where this movie takes place. So maybe they have different words for different things. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, here in America, that is not a sofa. That, yeah, that no, is a no. chair. I agree. Yes, that is a chair. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I, would... like, I, I don't know if it's a regional thing. Like, uh, hey, we we call uh, you know fries, crisps, or uh, chips, or whatever, and <laughs> uh, chairs are sofas. Maybe I, I don't know. No, so I don't no. Know. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's part of a set. Like, it looks like one that comes as part of a set with a sofa. You know, it looks like okay. a you know, like a three piece suite or something. But like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a chair, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a damn chair. It's not a sofa. But I wonder. I wonder if you actually checked. I wonder if the technical definition is that anything that's got that you know the cushions and stuff and the yeah. the, the padding is just a sofa. But we we've just like come to think of it as a couch is a sofa, and that's it. Although maybe I'll give him credit if that is also part of the joke, then uh, you know I, I would applaud him for that because that that is actually pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, what's next? We've had killer, killer tables, sofas, vaginas. Mm-hmm. We've had, we've had it all. <laughs> I mean, this seems like the natural, uh, you know, progressor of a you know classic movie we reviewed for Screams, uh, Deathbed. That's right. Um, we did review Deathbed. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one as well. That was a very artsy movie for what it was as well. It wasn't like it wasn't taking itself yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't being a silly movie. That was taking itself dead seriously in a sort of artsy David Lynch way, which was yeah, nuts. It's very surprising. If you should go check out that episode if they haven't. Yeah, already. go check out Deathbed, uh, which I believe was a late 2016 episode, if I recall. Might have been a uh, that might have been an Octoberthon one. It may have been. It may have been Octoberthon 2016. It may have been. Uh, but yeah, we we we, you know, we and speaking of Octoberthon, Octoberthon's coming up, baby. Mm-hmm. We got we got thirty one episodes over thirty one days, and uh, four of which will be Patreon exclusives at the one dollar tier. But uh, we have thirty one episodes over thirty one days. October twenty nineteen, baby, it's coming, it's happening. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of sequels in there. <laughs> I'll say that for a start, <laughs> uh, but it's coming. Uh, but yeah, so that plug for October aside, it is time to move into our movie discussion for the week we're going to be talking about it chapter two directed by andy muschietti uh is that if that's how you say the name i think it is uh and yeah. uh this is obviously the sequel to it chapter one uh obviously <laughs> be funny <laughs> if it wasn't it. <laughs> be funny if it wasn't uh we'll start spoiler free as we always do we'll give you warning before we go into spoilers and we'll we'll get into it so uh of course at chapter two because in, in the book because connor's told me a, a bit about the book and you've read the book you love the book uh so you, you, you uh, know this, yeah but... it's my favorite book of all time honestly but <laughs> just to explain the, the one basic thing i think that's important uh, to compare the movies to the book here 
is that in the book the the adult sections and the kids sections are not two separate things it constantly goes back and forth between them throughout so the whole point is is that it's mirroring like you know both sides of the same coin kind of thing as it goes and one of the things that connor said to me after seeing the first movie is that he was worried that the second movie might feel oddly redundant because they've just already sort of finished the story and the like, the adult section like will feel weird on its own and What's funny to me is that I, I didn't necessarily feel like it was redundant necessarily, but I did have a big problem that came from that, uh, which okay. is the weird shoehorning of trying to make sure the kids are still in there in some way, in a weird way that oh, yeah. it almost made the first movie feel redundant by trying to have flashbacks constantly to the kids. It was weird. But um, I, I, anyway, so it's about the adults. Uh, years later, 27 years later, they all come back to Derry because Pennywise is back and they have to try and uh, save the day and stop him. And that's the that's the the premise of it, chapter two. So Tim, yeah, <laughs> the uh, the second part of the adaptation of your favorite book of all time. <laughs> did you like it, chapter two? <sighs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> um... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're taking too much pleasure in that. <laughs> oh, it's, I can uh... feel the pain and the hatred <laughs> and the misery that it feels I me mean, so. I mean, well, like, in, in all honesty, the the problem is, is that, again, I love the book so much. I think it's, like, amazing. And this movie, it's not the worst thing in the world. I, I think it's just really mediocre, which is, like, you know, that's that's not what you want when you're, like, oh, I love this thing. It's amazing. And then it's, like, well, I guess it's better than if they did a bad version of it. But, uh, I don't know, it, it, like, angers me, though, that it's, like, just this really generic uh movie it's um you know a lot of uh you know i definitely like the first one better but i still do have kind of generally the same complaint as the first one which is um hey you have a good cast uh you know they're doing a a good job the human stuff is fine but like uh, well i mean I, i have complaints about stuff here and there but like the the horror is just so mishandled it's just the for a book that you know a lot of people would probably say you know is one of the scariest books of all time uh and then for the horror aspect of the movie it's just the bland generic hollywood horror we've seen for like the last couple of years like every potentially creepy moment is you know uh goes right out the window because it always has to end with a character turning into a cgi creature and then you know running all herky-jerky towards the camera uh while big loud musical stings play it's like that's like the only you know possible trope they have which hey uh it's not a surprise because this one is written by gary doberman who (laughs) that kind of seems to be his you know bread and butter um also it feels like super hollow like feels like they're just hitting a lot of points from the book without any taking any care or nuance in it like seems like they're just doing stuff that's like um oh well we got to put this in because it's in the book which um not to get into too big a discussion but i do think that's a big problem um with movies nowadays i think fan culture has kind of gotten out of control so people have to like incorporate all this stuff from the book instead of actually adapting things which is what you're supposed to do with a a movie you're supposed to adapt stuff and make it Mm -hmm. fit uh, because it's a different medium, uh, but instead people go apeshit if you're like, hey, you didn't include that character, or you didn't include that scene, so this is garbage, this sucks, you don't know how to make a movie, and it's uh, it's destroying cinema, honestly. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love these comic book movies, uh, I like that horror is becoming big, and they're doing, you know, these, these big budget things, but it's like, it, it's taking the life out of everything, everything feels so, like, 
shallow and hollow. Uh, I mean, that being said, there was a, a couple of, of things that I did like in the movie. Uh, surprisingly, uh, some of my favorite parts were things that deviated from the book and uh, were just their own original scenes, uh, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, it's uh, again, like, uh, I don't want to be too negative, but it because it could have been a lot, lot worse, you know, I, like there's but unfortunately it just really is more down the middle than uh, i would have liked it to be yep yep movie sucked uh <laughs> i i basically hated it it's not the worst thing ever yeah. but i hated it and i hated it more because it was so goddamn generic and mediocre that lasted two hours and 49 minutes um, oh yeah it is so long <laughs> like this movie in no way shape or form like i can't believe how long that movie is and how little really happens in it like it's it's insane oh, sure. and i can i can immediately point to several things you can cut <laughs> number one every single scene with the kids can go every every yeah. single flashback to the kids i mean some of them are really egregious because it was literally moments in the first movie which is only two years old um but like it, it felt like they were determined to like because everyone you know everyone liked the kids in the first movie so we have to have the kids in the second one mm. so they went yeah. about this thing and all, all i could feel like as i was watching it is that yeah maybe if you'd actually structured this more like the the book where it was going back and forth between them the whole time that that'd work but it was just so weird for the first movie to just be the kids and then this one to be the adults but have to still cut back to the kids like constantly yeah. like every you know 10 20 minutes or whatever it was yeah it, that that really uh you know so uh two things that i want to say about that is uh first of all i i think it's really stupid because uh so there's this whole thing with like memory loss and they kind of explain that like oh, yes. uh when you move away from dairy you kind of start to forget um and you know so they don't really remember their past that much and then you know as you kind of get closer reunite with your friends you start to remember it and uh that works well in the book because the book starts with that uh, and then that's what like leads into the flashback. So that's when you, you know, the characters don't remember, but then, uh, they slowly start remembering and then you get the flashbacks and you discover it with the characters. Uh, but with this movie, it was just annoying because it's like, yeah, we already know this cause we saw the first movie. And yeah. It's like the, you know, it's such a, like a, a pointless dumb device. Uh, and then, uh, second thing about that is, um, did you think, uh, I, I, not every scene, but uh, I was like getting distracted by some of the flashbacks with like the way the kids' faces look because I think they had to like digitally de-age them. Yeah, yeah, the kids had aged <laughs> a little bit in the last two years, and they had to had to t- tamper with some of them. And yeah. I, and like, also, it wasn't it wasn't all the time, but there was like a couple of scenes here and there where I was getting like Superman mustache vibes. Like I was yeah. like, this uh, doesn't look right. <laughs> there, there was also, I think, at least one or two of them were ADR'd with someone else because their voice had broke. That sounds since yeah, yeah, and they had to like get someone who sounded more like them. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, just and it was like all this effort for stuff that I honestly think added nothing to the movie. It could have just all been cut. Mm. Uh, it felt very tacked on. And I think that the memory loss thing was a big problem because it really, again, it dragged down the whole pacing because it was like, okay, we have to spend all this time remembering shit as opposed to just yeah. moving forward <laughs> with, the, with the plot. And then I would also, an off subplot that, I mean, even though at least there were two kind of fun scenes on its own, like there's an entire subplot mm-hmm. with the, the, the villainous kid from the first movie, right? He, he's all grown up and he, oh, right, right. And he, he breaks uh, out of- Bowers. Yeah, Bowers. Yeah. Um, his entire subplot amounts to nothing, essentially, and could mm-hmm. be cut completely. And- it would you would lose very little i mean it, it it would give one character's arc maybe something else they'd have to fill in another way but other than that like it just it felt so separate yeah and i'll uh i'll go into that uh in spoilers i'll, I'll talk yeah. about what happens in the book versus that um 
but yeah it was pretty wasted in this movie <laughs> yeah i because i i had heard kind of what the point of that that plot was in the book and it sounded better i said like okay that serves a purpose Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, but and then the movie, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. It just, it's like, oh, we have to have him back because he's still around, and yeah. we have to have this other element of danger. Um, so the movie, the movie for me is really rough. And then the other big complaint I had, uh, you know, so beyond the length, beyond, uh, and you, you already said this, but I'll make it very clear. I think the horror scenes in this movie are terrible, and yeah. uh, hated them all. And you know, there's there's one in particular where I can compare it directly to a scene from The Thing, from John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. just how much better <laughs> that that movie does this one sort mm-hmm. of effect better because it's a practical effect, and how this one's just this awful oh, yeah. CG thing. Oh, CGI. Yeah. I know. Um, but my other big complaint, and this is again, this is something where it's coming from the book. So it's kind of like I get that they're not just actually doing this, but there's an entire like plan in the movie to how to beat Pennywise because like, there's like a ritual they have to kind of like build up to, right? All of that in this movie, and I know it comes from the book, but it feels like bullshit sequel stuff where all of a sudden there's just oh, this sure. way to beat the villain. Yeah. And I'm sure mm. in the book, like that's there from kind of the start in the adult section, and it kind of feels like it's mm. you know it's just running alongside well, the kid stuff and yada yada yada. But yeah. Well, uh, the problem is, is like they they did take some stuff from the book and then they also kind of made up some of their uh, stuff like um, uh, like I'll, I'll say right now, like the all the stuff about the the tokens uh, that mm-hmm. was like all new for the movie. Okay. Uh, and and uh, again, it just seemed like kind of a, a bullshit add on thing just to get like more scenes so they can have these you know more flashback scenes and stuff yeah because uh, the whole tokens thing where they all have to go and get like a, an item from their past that's what kind of feeds into yeah. a lot of the flashbacks and it also adds so much to the runtime because like they all have their own like 10 15 minute section going around on their own yeah like you know having flashback then, memories now one thing that really annoyed me too is um the i i like uh like the one of the great things that why the book is so good is because of the characters like the characters are great and that's what made uh you know the first one really stand out is because you know you had these uh you know very distinctive kids and stuff and um i do like the the people they got to play the grown-ups but i i feel like they um with the character of eddie like uh you, you have uh you know bill Hader is playing uh richie and his thing is he's like you know the funny guy the you know they call him trash mouth he's always making jokes and he's like a comedian and stuff and i feel like they weirdly made eddie like a richie 2.0 where he's also like getting all these funny lines and he's also like trash talking all the time and it felt really weird like it i don't know it's just like you know, because his character was always like he was like a, you know, the safe, cautious, uh, like germaphobe uh, kind of person. And uh, and there's definitely still that aspect of it here. But I, I also thought it was weird that he's also like the comedic relief, like in, in some instances in, uh, more than Richie, uh, which <laughs> I thought was really weird. Um, and like a, a lot of the back and forth, I just did not find funny, like, uh, you know, where it's you know them basically just like you know saying like oh like i slept with your mom like oh yeah like how was she in bed and stuff and it's just like this is just like painful <laughs> to watch I, it, <laughs> like it, it did not feel like oh like cool friends coming together and like catching up on old times it just felt like annoying people <laughs> shouting at each other yeah um, I, I, the casting is good in the sense that the old cat i mean with the exception obviously with ben who's supposed to look really different like everyone looks kind of well cast they all look that they are yeah. they could be older versions of the kids that we saw in the the first movie which which, which is nice which well, that, that's impressive yeah. enough um 
Richie has a decent arc. Like, he is the closest thing in the movie, I'd say, to, like, a, an actual satisfying kind of story. Versus they, the rest uh, of them. And they do change something uh, or kind of hint at something that's not in the book that I actually think was a pretty good addition. Uh, we'll talk about that in spoilers, but sure. I actually kind of like that, uh, what they did with that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of my positives, though, because, like, the Pennywise mm. scenes I don't really like. Uh, I, I feel like the adult stuff is burdened by the memory loss thing, which, as you say, is very frustrating because it just feels like, no, no, we already did all this in the first movie and now they have to remember. It's just just frustrating for us. Where, as you say, in the book, because it's us discovering the story as they're getting their memories back, it it works. It it kind of functions together and it's like a a plot device. Uh, Here, it feels like we're just stalling before we get to the actual fight with Pennywise. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And, And... and uh and i well so and i forget because i i think i was fairly positive on the first chapter uh even though i still had the complaint about the you know horror aspect being generic but mm-hmm. um I, i'm assuming you like the first chapter more than this but did, sure. were you but were you still kind of iffy on it or were you like oh it's mildly okay or... no i think i was relatively positive because i like the kids mm-hmm. a lot i think the kids and their sort of goonies-esque vibe of yeah like i think that's the part of the first movie that i liked and because I, I, well, just so the, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because uh, do you think that really like anything that was good about the first one was probably because they were still working off of uh, Fukunaga's uh, script? <laughs> that's that's possible. Uh, there's a possibility. <laughs> um, it could just be that the the kids' story is more interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know the, the adult sec the adult sort of part of the the book might have always been yeah that's the part that kind of is the the conclusion to the story but that like i mean i've not read the book but like i could even see myself reading the book thinking the kids sections are the more interesting ones because that's that's all the memories like even the adults are trying to remember what happened as their kids like the, the kids yeah. stuff is where all the real most of the real action happened <laughs> yeah but then like people always though like uh i think they always like i feel like make it sound like um you know the kids stuff just abruptly ends at one point and then we go into the adult section but like even up towards the end of the book it's still pretty closely like intertwined like mm. uh you know so i don't know i think it's like kind of weird to like really differentiate it that much because uh, i don't know to me it just like the more interesting stuff does happen with the kids but it still feels like one you know connected story like it's not just all of a sudden all right we're completely done with the kids now what now we're only gonna just be doing the grown-up stuff but well, yeah, but, I mean, uh, that, that goes back to the problem, though, is, is, is that it is one intertwined story. It's not like yeah, yeah. it's not like kids section then adult section. That that's just not how yeah. the story uh, works in the book, and it's just not. And I don't think it really works in the movies. Honestly, yeah. it, it feels so disjointed, and it, it feels like like Pennywise himself as a threat feels oddly kind of just I don't weird in this movie because like because he is in theory he's got he's terrorizing the town like he did in the first movie right in theory he's gonna after all these kids and whatever but you don't really see that much evidence of it you see like a couple of scenes where he attacks someone and uh, i think it's a big shame because i do think uh bill skarsgård actually does a pretty good job mm. but there's so little of him being pennywise it is like uh even the majority of times you know when he a lot of times like when he's attacking someone it'll usually be as another like form or another creature <laughs> or something uh so it's it's like i feel like he really doesn't even get uh, like much to do here I, I have to admit i wasn't even a big fan of pennywise in this movie and i think for me the it's just a little too i don't know like 
it, it feels less intimidating. It, it feels like more popcorn horror, and 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 weird sure. if that makes sense. Where it feels like it wants to just be kind of this fun horror for people, as opposed to actually trying to be intimidating or menacing. Um, and I've I've seen people compare this movie actually to Marvel in a weird way, where it feels like a Marvel movie that happens to you know it's trying to be a horror movie, but it's more concerned with having a lot of quick you know quips and jokes and like feeling just like oh. a fun time. Yeah, that that was a an, an, uh, actually another big complaint I had, uh, which I I think people sometimes they get mad at you when you complain about this, but like we need to lose the jokes in this movie. Like I think it's fine to have like funny banter between the characters and stuff but like uh you know when you're actually like making jokes uh, especially like when you're fighting a monster and stuff or jesus there's this one part uh where they have to throw in like an ironic music uh choice that really really bugged me yeah i was like oh this is so stupid um but it it really has to go and I, i know it like it works for you know like fun uh movie stuff but it like it just takes me out of the movie so much like can i kind of give an example actually of a, a marvel movie uh where a line really bugged me but like um i was re-watching uh endgame like a couple of weeks back mm. and you know like there's a line when uh you know uh, uh captain america he you know he's trying to infiltrate that like army base and he's in an elevator and you have um who's it uh uh shirley uh, from community I-, I think is in the elevator with him oh sure yeah. uh and and like she says like oh like your first day uh and he says something like uh well not exactly or like you know he says like uh y- you know some- something weird like that that's basically like a funny line to be like oh okay we get it because he's been here uh you know before but it's just like one of those things where it's like Oh, okay, but if you're undercover, why would you say that? Because now this person's gonna have follow-up questions, and they're gonna be like, "Well, what do you mean, not exactly?" Or like, "Well, why would you say that? Either you are new or you're not." Like, it, it's just one of those lines where it's like, I get that it's funny towards the audience, but it, it takes me out of the movie because now I'm thinking about the mm-hmm. logic of like, why did this person say this? Why is this person not reacting <laughs> like weirder? And uh, yeah, and, uh, I don't know. That's like the first example that came to my head. But we need to like lose <laughs> these jokes and these quips. I feel like there's such like short um you know like like yeah you can get a short laugh uh from the audience with something like this but in the long run i think it's like not good <laughs> for the, your movie yeah it's, it's a problem with mainstream blockbusters that's been happening i think marvel's a big reason for it and well i think it works on a lot of the marvel movies to a point yeah. um here it just feels out of place uh, the only, i only laughed once in the whole movie there was one joke that made me laugh and finally yeah. enough, it was actually a scene with the kids. It wasn't with the adults mm-hmm. at all. It was, um, well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll say it in spoilers, but I'll just, like, there, there was one moment that made me laugh. And the, the first movie, I think, made me laugh a bunch of times, but I think, it, like you said, it was all bantering between the kids where they were just being, yeah. you know, who they are to each other. It wasn't these like, intentional kind of jokes. And I think the moment you mentioned where they used the, the ironic music choice uh, for like, a, a scary yeah. moment uh, to be funny, I was like, yeah, that works in, like, Evil Dead. Like, if you do that in, like, yeah, Evil Dead sure. 2 or 3, sure. Like, yeah, it fits the tone of the movie, but this is not supposed to be a horror comedy. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> this is supposed to be a horror movie uh, that's yeah. actually supposed to be creepy and, and whatever. Um, yeah. And it just, it, it really feels, and I, I think my, my thing with horror movies is that, you know, I don't think horror movies should be big budget. I think they always lose something. And I think this oh, movie... Oh, agree, 100%. This movie, to me, is the, the showcase for that because... This is over long, it's over budget, and it's like these big CGI effects and all the rest of it. 
and all of it just makes me feel numb all of it just makes me yeah. feel like there is no like atmosphere or emotion to any of this and also i thought mm-hmm. the movie kind of looked like annoyingly dark in places like and, I, and people said it was a horror movie i'm like yeah but you can <laughs> you can shoot a scene with limited lighting or you can shoot yeah. something that looks underexposed and this looked underexposed at points for me where i just i, I just could barely see what was happening in some scenes and it was annoying like yeah <sighs> no i mean yeah i agree with that uh with everything you said and then uh yeah i mean kind of like i was mentioning before and like the news section like uh you know similar to like you know marvel movies are signed now where like you know they always have to get like big stars and stuff like i don't want to see this trend in like horror movies where again like everyone in the cast fit the role really well but yeah when you're watching a horror movie i don't want to be like oh hey there's bill Hader, i love him and like oh jessica chastain like she's great <laughs> you know like i i think you do get uh you know it works a little better to yeah have a little bit of a lower budget maybe a less known cast and stuff like uh, again in other cases it might work like you know, if like horror comedies and stuff like, you know, s- certain cases can bend the rules. But yeah, I, I don't like uh, I, I was actually kind of worried with this movie that we're going to start to see the, you know, like superherofication of horror movies now where, uh, yeah, they are going to be big budget experiences with CGI and big casts and, uh, you know, kind of following a lot of these trends. And uh, I, I really hope we don't see that happen. I mean, the beautiful thing about the horror genre is that you're always going to have the low budget stuff because it's low budget and that's, yeah. you know, what people start out making. So we're always going to have that kind of part of it. Sure. But yeah, like it feels that like we might get this sort of mainstream horror kind of trend of like these bigger budgeted ones, assuming they make the money to justify it. Um, yeah. That said, though, I, we've never had this many horror movies constantly coming out and most of them aren't this, but it's just the, the worry that there's going to be at least a few of these popping up now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they already said this is on record for making like a buttload of money this weekend. Yeah. I don't know if it's as much as the first, but I think it is doing pretty well. Yeah, um, you know, because Doctor Sleep's coming up, and obviously we'll do that when that hits. <sighs> that's a, a that's the only thing that that's I'm holding out hope for. Like Pet Cemetery was a big disappointment for me. This was a big disappointment, but I'm really, <laughs> really holding out sleep or uh, hope that Doctor Sleep will be good. I have to admit, Tim, I'm not expecting it to be. I, like, the trailer isn't that great. Like, I think the, the, the biggest problem that trailer has is that it cuts to footage of The Shining, and I'm like, yeah, this looks like a great movie. <laughs> and then it cuts, <laughs> it cuts back to footage from Doctor Sleep, and I'm like, yeah, this looks like a, a generic, boring, dull 2019 movie. <laughs> well, uh, well, on the one hand, I do like Mike Flanagan, so I do, you know, have trust in him. Um, on That's one true. thing that I, uh, that is gonna, I think it's gonna work for me, but I don't, I don't know how. Uh, it's going to work for mainstream audiences is the the book uh, and I, I actually really like the book I think uh, not a ton of people like even King fans uh, don't generally love it uh, and I think a problem of that is uh, a lot of people probably expect oh we're getting The Shining 2 uh, mm. which is not what it is whatsoever it is uh, starring a character from The Shining but it's like a completely different type of story uh you know a lot of new different characters uh so uh i I don't know maybe in the movie they will try to incorporate more shining stuff so that it's not as jarring for people but i don't know i'm uh i'm excited for it (laughs) i'm cautious i'm very cautious what was weird actually is i I got like there's a little bit before the movie played where stephen king and i think machete came on screen and and they were like 
hey welcome to the theater you're seeing it chapter two uh <laughs> don't forget the next stephen k adaptation is dr sleep and they, they phrased it as if we were about to see a trailer i was like okay sure they're interested in the trailer they got, they got them to sit down and do a little intro <laughs> for the trailer uh, but they just went to the movie i was like that was weird <laughs> it's like they forgot to play the trailer after the little intro bit i don't know odd i there there needs to be some type of rule where they uh limit the number of trailers you can play on a two plus hour movie <laughs> i was getting pissed uh, like i i we must have saw, seen at least five trailers maybe more and uh i was not happy <laughs> yeah no nah, movie like yeah, because I was sitting there going, like, this movie's almost three hours, and it's looking up, you know, it's like another 25 minutes of, like, ads and trailers before. Like, I, like yeah. you know, I went to an early showing because I knew, like, even at the early showing, I wasn't going to get out until this time. And I was like, ah, oh, like, and it's, it's one thing, because I've seen a lot of movies about this length. <laughs> like, Midsummer was really long, although I really liked that. Um, Endgame was really long. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was really long. And those, those I mean, to be fair, those were all, you know, good to great movies so i mean whatever but uh i really do want the next thing i see to not be like nearly three hours yeah. you know like two hours yeah. max would be lovely for the next thing i go see please <laughs> my my bladder would appreciate it my patience would yeah. appreciate it um and i think this movie you know coming after those and feeling more bloated and more unnecessary uh like because I, I i think like you you could have like just like made the first movie like forty minutes longer and included everything you needed from this one sure. into one movie. You totally could have. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a frustrating one, and I like it was frustrating for me because like you know it wasn't that long into the movie where I realized I didn't like it. Like I knew quite early on. Like I don't I just don't like this movie. But yeah, I think we're about ready to go into spoilers. I, th- I think we've we've sure. we've done what we've done. Um. So we're about to go into spoilers, but I will just say before we do that, that you can support the show and everything we do here by going to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us for as little as $1 per month. And that $1 will get you access to an exclusive episode every month uh, of Streams After Midnight, as well as exclusive episodes of other shows that we do on Mailfuzz TV. Uh, $5 tier, you get to vote on an episode every month. In fact, this month, uh, as this goes up, there's uh, three, or actually four votes up because... Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Octoberthon next month, so there's multiple votes up, one of which is public, so look for a link in the description for the public vote, uh, but there's uh, three other votes for the patrons to do um, on patreon.com slash TV. and as much as I said, you get one bonus episode per month at $1 tier, next month in Octoberthon you get four, so uh, do go and have a look, and if you want to support everything we do and keep all the content coming, you can go and do that there, so uh, yes, so full spoilers for It Chapter 2. So I've seen a lot of debate about the opening scene of it, Chapter 2, Tim, and that okay. is the, the homophobic um, sure. attack that happens uh, in the opening. Uh, oh, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, the uh, famous opening of the book, uh, there's a, yeah attack on uh, Adrian Mellon, who is, a, yeah, a homosexual character, and there's, uh, you know, some, like, towny characters that are uh, gay-bashing him and then uh, end up throwing him over the water where... You know, he gets uh, taken by Pennywise. Um, what's the, uh, w- what is the debate online? Uh, is it just <laughs> whether it's like appropriate or not? Well, it's not so much that it's appropriate. I mean, I mean, obviously they're saying it's not appropriate, which, but I think the reason why it's not appropriate is because it does nothing in the context of this movie. It doesn't introduce oh, anything. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't pay off in any way. Yeah. Um, you know, because in the book, I believe that it, that the point of it is to show that the uh, the police and stuff don't really pay attention to this stuff. They kind of just all turn a blind eye to the weird stuff that happens in Derry, right? 
Yeah, uh, so what's interesting about the book is they have these kind of, like, in between, like, the chapters uh, with the characters and stuff, they have these interstitials where um, you see kind of, like, random moments in Derry. Uh, and it's really interesting uh, because, yeah, you see, like, how, you know, like, the way that kind of people react and live in this town. Like, you do get the sense that there's something weird about it, and then people either choose to ignore it or, like... Um, you know, maybe that there is some type of presence that's kind of clouding them a bit as to, you know, some of the horrors uh, that's going on here, uh, which is kind of like a big, you know, deal in the book because um, it, it adds this extra layer of like horror to it where especially like, you know, during the kids stuff where it's like, um, you know, like you think like, you know, people like the grownups and the police are, are there to protect you, but they're turning a blind eye to this stuff. And then uh, and yeah, and you see a lot more of it in the book where it's not just the yeah attack and then the death you see like the follow-up with the you know police interrogation and stuff and then you see um you know like the the people that actually you know commit the crime like you know uh getting like a i, I believe you see him like get arrested and taken in by the police and stuff so it's not just like yeah the, the movie just makes it seem like this horrific crime <laughs> that these people get away with <laughs> yeah Which, uh, yeah that's not good <laughs> Yeah, the opening scene doesn't really serve a whole lot of purpose. We already know how bad Pennywise is. It feels like a weird introduction, yeah. given that we've already had the first movie again. Um, so again, it goes back to this whole idea of the way they've split the book into two. But, um, and that's not the only problematic element, though. We'll get to the other one later, but uh, I wanted to mention that and acknowledge it. So, yeah. So a, a big thing for the movie for me, again, for my patient issue, pardon me, is that... Oh, and sorry, actually, real, real, real quick before we move on, uh, just, uh, it just uh, kind of goes back to my point. Uh, and again, uh, I think this is like a, a fault of Gary Doberman because I, I feel like we've seen this in like other movies that he's written and stuff where everything he does just feels so hollow. Um, and this is like a great example of it where, yeah, it feels like they're just taking this because it's like, oh, hey, it's a scene in the book. Uh, it's a scene that people know from the book, so we'll put it in. Uh, but yeah, you lose a lot of nuance uh, with it when you, you know you don't have that kind of follow up and the, you know, other kind of interstitial moments of the town where it kind of you know gives a little more cadence to it. Uh, and again, it's just like everything with him just feels very hollow <laughs> there really isn't like no any nuance to and i guess we you know, can blame the director uh, on that as well maybe i shouldn't you know place it all on a uh, doberman but um yeah it, it just feels like very yeah just uh, we're just taking this from the book for because it's there no no i, I get you um the big pacing thing for me though because you know mike sees the fallout of this crime mm -hmm. and he's the one still in the town he calls everyone back in and this is where i felt kind of like the pacing of this long movie kind of hit me a little bit because like he calls everyone individually so we have like six different scenes of like people getting phone calls you know and where they are now so you know we, we see uh bill who's like a, a hollywood screenwriter now he's a novelist but he also writes the scripts for his movies um and that starts the running joke of him being bad at endings <sighs> which yeah. felt very meta because people say that about stephen king but it also yeah. felt like this weird slap in the face because this movie has a very bad ending <laughs> yeah it's yeah, it, it's strange because, uh, yeah, yeah, like, okay, I get that that's a complaint about Stephen King, and it would be funny if it was, like, a one-time joke in the movie, uh, especially when Stephen King says it. It's like, okay, that's funny, but they have to keep going back and back to it. Uh, and then, yeah, it does feel like also, like, it, at one point, it, it, yeah, kind of like you were saying, it goes from just being like, okay, this is, like, a funny little wink-wink kind of joke to it ends up being, like, 
almost like they are making fun of like the book or the movie like yeah don't doesn't the ending suck like this is bad right and it's like all right well at, at some point maybe you should be trying to like not like make fun of the thing that you're trying to make i don't know and even I, like a, it really they, bugged me they make it like a character thing for him because at the end of the movie after they've all survived well not all of them but um he uh he's like no i think i've got an ending in mind this time for my new book so yeah. they make it like a character trait for him where he's learned to write a good ending by the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh that bugged me that's yeah a little bit too much yeah um and it's uh it's also weird so they um yeah, they, they you know do go to the trouble of showing uh you know uh, Bill's wife and then uh, also yeah when they uh, you know do Bev's scene and you know they show uh, you know her abusive husband those are actually like pretty big characters in the book and uh, they end up not doing anything with them here which uh, I technically is a good thing because the movie is already bloated so I guess they don't need it but um, yeah I mean I was surprised that they go you know to the trouble of introducing them here and then but yeah don't actually do anything with them. I really hated the, the Bev uh, husband thing because, again, in the book, I see why it makes sense where you're, you're, you're alternating between stories and you see her abusive father and then you sort of contrast that with, okay, now she's grown up, she has an abusive husband. She's kind of like put herself in kind of in a similar trapping, right? Yeah. But in a sequel to the first movie, because we've already finished the story of her as a kid and then we start the sequel and it's like, look, hey, she's got an abusive husband who, who hits her. I kind of rolled my eyes and went, oh, yeah, she's grown up and found a husband that's just like her dad like i don't know it just it, it really made me yeah. kind of groan a little bit i was like oh she's not she's not grown at all and you know and in, in her 27 years you know to, to yeah. get 40 you know like it's, i don't know just it, but and again i know it's in the book and i, I get that it makes sense yeah. in the book because you're, you're you're contrasting between them as you go but because they've split it up like this it just feels like oh we're doing this now okay and it also makes more sense in the book because he becomes like a you know like a a bit a kind of a bigger bad guy because he ends up like following her to Derry and then ends up you know kind of becoming like a I guess like an agent of Pennywise like you know kind of the same way Bowers is mm. so he you know he has like a much bigger role and then uh and here yeah it's like kind of shitty because you you don't like see him get any comeuppance or anything you, you just see him being like a super bad dude and then uh ostensibly nothing really happening to him uh and then um and also i will say it is kind of weird like uh and, and actually going back to the you know the opening scene with adrian melon melon as well uh it does feel like these like abusive fight scenes uh, i don't know they feel like like these are very very serious things because these are like you know much more like uh you know real world kind of things because you know they're not a cgi clown <laughs> killing someone uh yeah, they're, but they're, it feels like they're very real like problems there's like abusive yeah. husbands yeah homophobia they're all very but, real things <laughs> but like the way they're filmed it seems like kind of like so stylized and it, it feel it felt very weird to me because it felt like you know they're trying to film it in like a still entertaining fight scene kind of way which i think feels very weird to be doing for like a real world like problematic kind of thing i, I don't and know I, and I think it, that's why people have a problem especially with that opening scene is that they feel they're just there for like they, they almost feel like the uh the the social emotional equivalent of torture porn whether it's just yeah. there for the for the <laughs> they're like that. oh how bad do you feel that you're watching this happen look how much yeah. how miserable do you feel Misery, misery porn, yeah. I guess, is what you'd call it. Misery porn. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, like, I, I never thought of it like that way, but that's a good way <laughs> to talk, explain it. Because uh, because they never do anything with them. Like you said, they never bring the husband back and like do something with yeah. them, or, or he gets his comeuppance or something. Um, there's never really like a scene with Beverly where she kind of gets over this or like kind of like yeah. goes from it. Like it's just kind of like weirdly forgotten about. Um, and then so like I don't it, know that, that's this kind yeah. of thing. Uh, like she ends up getting like a happy ending and everything, which is great, but. Yeah, like you don't really see her go through any type of like journey or, or anything yeah. with it. Yeah, there's nothing like that <laughs> at all. Um, I would argue, like, Richie's the only one that really has an arc. Uh, well, that's not entirely true. Richie and Eddie. I think Richie and Eddie have arcs. Yeah. Um, the rest of them, it just kind of feels like they're just kind of scared, but get through it, and then that's it. Oh, okay, we're over now. Yeah. Unless we're counting the fact that uh, Bill can now write an ending. Unless that's his sure. arc. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so they and all uh, yeah. on you go on and you yeah go. And, oh, and similar to a complaint I had about the first one is like I feel like they really do uh, Bev's character uh, injustice in these movies because uh, um, if if you remember a complaint about my uh, about the first movie is that uh, you know in the book Bev is like a very cool character and they all kind of each have like their own like uh, skill which they really don't do anything with it in this movie but like part of the thing is like they all come together and they all kind of have like um a, like an ability that they're really good at like uh, eddie was like really good with like maps and directions and uh you know uh beverly like her thing was like she was like a really good uh shot like they were using a slingshot so that was part of the reason why how they defeated it is like she had this uh slingshot and they were like using a uh, silver, you know, to fight him and stuff. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, in the first movie, they totally did away with that. And like, they basically just turned Bev into like a damsel in distress where, you know, she like gets abducted like a, you know, princess in a castle that they all have to go save. And then, uh, I feel like similar with this movie. Yeah. They just don't like give her anything cool to do. Uh, you know, she's not really that proactive or fighting back. She's kind of just running away. Like most of the time. Um, and then like, uh, even like later on in the movie when uh, you know like they're going down to fight it and she has like this uh you know iron or metal like gate thing or whatever uh you kind of think like okay this is cool she has a you know she doesn't have a slingshot but she has this weapon now but then she just gives it to eddie and is like here like this this kills monsters you can use this and it's like oh so she's not even gonna have like a weapon she's gonna fight with uh i don't know <laughs> it just feels like <laughs> they really kind of do her character a big disservice yeah to be fair, though, there's several of them in this movie that I don't feel had much to do. That's true, yeah. Because <laughs> um, Ben's whole thing is just that he's in love with Bev. and Yeah. yeah. That's just him dealing with that, and we get the awkward sort of love triangle element to it. Uh, although, I suppose at least it never actually tries to do the, the love triangle drama part of it, because once she yeah. realizes she's in love with Ben, and that's who's been after her all this time, it's, it's just like, okay, I'll just forget about Bill now. And Bill doesn't really care. It's just kind of... Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll roll with it. Yeah. Why not? And like in the book, it's kind of weird too, because like they talk about like um, Bill's wife, and I think they even kind of mention like how he ended up marrying someone that's like very similar to Bev, mm. <laughs> which uh, is is kind of strange. Um, and then uh, yeah, it's uh, I have a horrible memory, so I'm a, a little fuzzy, but I do think Bill, grown up Bill and Bev, do end up sleeping together in the book, which is kind of weird because mm. uh bill is still married and then yeah bev and ben do end up going off together still so um i, I guess it is kind of good that they don't do that in the movie at least but mm. not the only sex scene they've taken <clears throat> out of the book either <laughs> yeah that's another good choice 
Yeah, that was always like, choice. There, there are, I, I will give the movie little bits of credit here and there. There is some stuff that was better left out that they did. Uh, and then, um, yeah, trying to think. Uh, yeah, I, I guess like you said, like no one else is really that interesting. Like, yeah, like most people, it's just like, you know, they call Eddie and it's like, hey, come back and, you know, crashes his car. Uh, and they call Richie, and it's like, hey, come back. And he's just, like, about to do a set. And he's like, uh, all right. He gets nervous and throws up. And then, yeah, he just comes back. And, um, yeah, it doesn't uh, – yeah, I think, uh, like, Bill and Bev is the only one that really gets maybe anything kind of interesting, I guess, unless you count uh, Stanley's thing, which, oh, boy. Uh, well, remember that other <laughs> – Remember that other problematic element we were going to talk about? Welcome to yeah. Stanley's plotline. <laughs> because Stanley, uh, who seems to be doing quite well, he's got a nice big house, he's got a wife, yeah. and you know they're going to go on vacation. Uh, when he gets the call to go back to Derry, he immediately just goes and commits suicide in the bathtub. And, okay, oh, at face value, I'm, I'm okay with this, because it's like it's selling how scary it is, right? Like how scary Pennywise is, he just doesn't want to face it, yeah. so he commits suicide. Right. The problem, the problematic element here is that at the end of the movie, they get this, they all get like suicide notes from him that are kind of happy suicide notes where he's so like, because <laughs> like, he's basically like, hey, I knew that I was going to be too weak to help you fight uh, Pennywise. So because yeah. of that, um, I took myself off the board and that hopefully means that you could win. So, so it was basically the, the sacrifice to, like, save the day, except normally when this happens, it's, like, you know, in the heat of the moment <laughs> when it's, like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stay back and, like, sacrifice myself so that you have time to, like, yeah. disarm the bomb. You know, I'll, I'll take on the horde or, or I'll fly into the, the ship, you know, at Independence Day. I'll fly into the ship and blow them all up because I need to do yeah. that, otherwise everyone's <laughs> going to die. That's a, that's, a, that's a heroic sacrifice. This is someone getting in a bathtub and slitting their wrists, and it just it plays so weird that it tries to have this happy kind of twist to it at the end, where it's like, oh, he did this for us, and they're like, this is like such a pro- problematic message to send people about suicide. Like, it's so bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, and this is something they added. This isn't in the book. Uh, and I, again, like I, like I, I think it helps that uh, or. Well, I, I think, like, you know, in the original version, like, in the book and the miniseries and stuff, it's, uh, I think it's, like, much scarier that uh, he just commits suicide. And then, like, I I forget if there's maybe that illusion, much illusions to it, but, like, I also always kind of felt like it wasn't him wholly deciding to do it himself, but maybe, like, Pennywise was influencing him in mm. some way. You know, like, he was able to, to get to him, like, early on, um you know in, in some fashion to uh make him do that but here it's just so stupid it's also like such like a big f you to his wife who like it's like all right uh, uh sorry honey uh but uh especially when it's like yeah couldn't he have just gotten the same effect by like i don't know like pretending to die and then having them think that he did like if that was his goal <laughs> you know what i mean like it's yeah it's so weird and especially too when it's like like you're saying like okay yeah there is that kind of trope where you have the you know uh heroes sacrifice to win the day but you already get that with eddie in the end anyway oh yeah you know (laughs) so uh it's so weird and dumb and i don't know why they added it and i i absolutely hated it (laughs) yeah it's it's terrible it's absolute garbage um, and like you say, like, all, all I immediately thought is, yeah, but what about your wife? And I don't know, if, I don't know if they implied yeah. they had kids, but like they seem like they may have kids. You know, they got a big house and it's the pair yeah, of they, them. 
they must have had some life together. I'm assuming he likes his wife. Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> uh, and who knows if they, yeah, I, I don't think they're supposed to have kids. Uh, I, actually, I think that's a, a weird thing too, that they mentioned in the book where like none of them is able to have children uh, until after they defeat it. Or I think there's something along those lines. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's, that's a good point. Like out of like what, seven 40 year olds, none of them ever had yeah. kids. So that is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I but even if you don't have kids, though, uh, maybe you had nieces, nephews, uh, I'm sure friends, uh, in-laws. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's super weird. Oh, and the other thing I hated, uh, which, again, uh, I think they added uh, at least again, my memory might be a little hazy, so I don't think this is in the book. But uh, if it is, it's pointless, though, where uh, Bev was like having these visions of the future. Mm. where i was like why like th- this is such like a weird thing that uh goes nowhere and has no point yeah it. It, it really doesn't so, it it's basically just this motivation for them to all stay because they think they're all going to die if they, if they don't yeah. try and fight them uh oh and and this was a a, a big thing I, I thought was super annoying too it's like uh so you finally get everyone back together and i feel like they're constantly going like we gotta leave uh all right maybe we'll stay no we gotta get out of here uh you know maybe we gotta get no let's go like like i feel like uh you know, maybe like aside from a like a bill or something. Like it seems like Richie and Eddie are constantly like going back and forth between if they're gonna stay or gonna go. Yes, um, yeah, that was happening a lot throughout the movie. And it was like, we know you're not going to actually leave because then the movie would, yeah, you know, not be functioning. Um, Obviously, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they all come back to town. They end up at the Chinese restaurant. I hated uh, a lot of this scene. I hated the CGI goo coming out the middle of the table and. It looks so dumb. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. There's a lot of CGI goo like pouring out of places. Um, yeah. And uh, again, like you know, this is a big famous scene from the book. It's like when everyone's getting back together, uh, but it's just uh, it, it felt so annoying. Like it, it, it didn't seem like it was, you know, people actually like catching up in a good way it was just like people annoyingly making like your mother jokes and like oh uh you know there's a lot of like fat shaming in this movie which mm-hmm. uh, i mean to be fair there, there's in, in that in the book too but like when you're watching the movie and it's just like all right like enough like fat jokes about your mom and fat jokes about your wife and it's just like getting annoying and like they, they don't even really like seem like friends like like eddie seems like legitimately like pissed off at people like it doesn't seem like he's happy in a oh we're making fun of each other but in a friendly way it seems like he like wanted to, to fight richie <laughs> <laughs> and then like also like um in like you know uh, yeah the cgi looked uh terrible um i don't know like weird little baby crab <laughs> demons right. coming out of the fortune cookie like again like you know interesting like imaginative stuff that can work in a book but you know uh that's why when you make a movie you adapt stuff to make it work to look good on film <laughs> instead of just being like oh well, this happens in the book so i guess we got to make it here even though it looks so dumb um yeah that's, and then, uh, that's one of those annoyed... i was gonna say that's one of those things for me where from a design design point of view it's, just, it's one of the things that i don't like and you're gonna hate mass comparison but it's one of the things that i don't like about uh, del toro uh, when he does like horror stuff is that i feel like all it's all this over design stuff um sometimes it gets a little too much with like the cgi uh i like i like a lot of like um when he has like practical stuff i do i think it looks like really good um but uh no like i i know sometimes yeah the the cgi doesn't always like look great in in his things oh sorry i didn't mean to twist the dagger deep what was your next point (laughs) (laughs) oh no just the the uh the and end of the scene uh i thought it was stupid where he's like yeah banging the chair against the table and the waitress just comes and she's like is everything all right 
I was like, well, you're being really calm for someone who is, like, destroying your restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, the the reaction here shouldn't be, is everything okay? It should be just to call the police first and then yeah. <laughs> see, 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 see where it goes from there. Um, the same thing with, like, uh, yeah, Bill Hader, like, yelling in a child's face and then the parents just being like, excuse me, like, <laughs> um, no, you would, like, beat the crap out of this kid. You would call the police, get your child to safety if someone's, like, yelling and swearing also, in their face. Correct me if I'm wrong. Our, our most stand-up comedians, you know, like, I feel like I've never seen a stand-up comedian who's kid-friendly before, to, to my knowledge. So, I, certainly, Richie does not seem like a, a kid-friendly stand-up comedian. So, I was just questioning, because well, this kid's yeah. like 10, and he's like, I'm a big fan of your comedy work, but you're crazy, so I'm going <laughs> to leave. And I'm like, is he watching this? Like, I don't know. I just, I'm just imagining Richie making a lot of sex jokes, and a lot of... Well, I mean, the little bit of his act, like, he opens up with talking about masturbation. Yeah. So, That's true, yeah, you're I right. Mean, I, obviously with little kids you know they're always like sneaking stuff they shouldn't be so i guess it's not like uh unimaginable but it does seem like a little weird that he would be like that big a fan yeah um also i I hated the fact that this kid like kept popping up everywhere oh yeah (laughs) like it's just like this one random kid is like in like every scene (laughs) this is the kid who lives in bell's house oh my (laughs) you know like yeah there's there's a lot of that going on um and yeah, so there's a couple of scenes of them like sort of realizing stuff again in the hotel or, or wherever. And ultimately, eventually, because Mike shows Bill first, but then shows everyone else that he's got this magic vase or vase, 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 <laughs> whatever. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, we have to get these tokens from our past and burn them in this. And you know, this comes from the ancient people who tried to beat Pennywise once before. And I, I hated all this because it just, it felt like just an exposition dump of, you know, it felt like that scene, it comes quite early on in the movie, but it's that scene in the horror movie where they go to the researcher who explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Mike just knows all this shit. And he, he has all this information and he says he stole the, 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 the thing, but like, I mean, okay but from where like yeah and that's uh i mean it does make sense to like mike's the one that like uh you know stays behind in dairy so he remembers everything and he's been doing research like all these years so like uh that makes sense uh it does annoy me though that like uh in the first movie they took that characteristic away from him and gave it to ben like ben was the one who was researching the town and finding out all the stuff mm-hmm. about all these like murders and disappearances so it feels weird that it's like well now this is mike's thing <laughs> but um whatever and then um uh uh like so the thing with like pennywise is like he's like uh there's this cosmic like uh level to it in the book uh which you know which i like i I think some people uh you know some people i I guess you either kind of love it or hate it um but again like it's just done so much better in the book like versus here where yeah it does feel like the horror movie trope of like a guy like googling something and finding all the answers and then um i really didn't like the um the way they kind of portrayed like some of the flashback stuff where they were having like yeah uh, i hate it like the dumb cgi uh, on the vase coming to life and uh and it is kind of messed up that he does like drug bill <laughs> without his consent <laughs> so <laughs> that's not great <laughs> yeah yeah no it's, like, i don't mind the idea of it being cosmic i mean I, I like the idea of more cosmic horror and things but i yeah it, it's more just how it's presented and how it just kind of feels like pulled out of almost nowhere even though it's not because obviously it's in the book and it gets a lot more time in the book but yeah uh so yeah it, it, it doesn't work in the movie and and actually uh, um, and maybe you can uh 
like help me out here. Uh, one thing as I was watching it, as there's a lot of stuff where I was like, okay, I understand where they're going with this because I read the book, but like a lot of people haven't read the book. Like, is this just going to be like, what the hell is going on to most people? Cause it, it goes in some weird places. And, um, uh, you know, even though the, you know, the book is weird, at least they do a better job of kind of like, you know, bringing you along, uh, whereas here it's just like very, I feel like there's a lot of weird sudden in your face stuff that it's like, Jesus, if I didn't read the book, I would probably be so lost on, on this. I don't know. Um, there was definitely some <coughs> things like how they actually eventually beat him, like came out of nowhere for me. I'm like, but why, why is this beating him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, I didn't really get that. Um, you know, like, yeah. like, cause there's one random scene where he kills a girl, uh, who's got like a, a scar on her face. Uh, I, I will say, actually, well, not uh, scars, this like is a birthmark, but symptoms. birthmark, yeah. And uh, I will say, I actually really like this scene. I uh, it's it's a new scene from the movie, uh, which I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons why it's good because they weren't really beholden to something. But uh, I actually thought this scene was like more of the creepiness that I wanted. Uh, and of course, it ends up getting ruined by the end because CG, you know, CG. <laughs> but like all the stuff before that, when it's just Pennywise, like hiding half in the shadow and kind of like, uh, you know, tricking this girl uh, because it's cool that like, you know, it, it like it, it's weird when like a clown is just randomly popping up here, but he's actually like using it to his advantage here when, you know, he's trying to bond with her being because the girl's kind of like, uh, no, you're weird. I'm going to go. But he's like, oh, I get it because I look different because of my face and stuff. And actually like, you know, bonding with her because like she's like, oh, well, I look different, too. Um, so I actually thought that was really good, but then, yeah, they ruined it by the end. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so at this point in the movie, uh, they split up to all go get their their things, their various like relics. Because well, actually, first of all, they they get Stanley's, which is down in the the clubhouse. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, was not in the first movie, right? No. Yeah. So, so at some yeah. point they built this clubhouse. Yeah, they like. Uh they like they they would like hang out in the barrens uh and like there's a whole thing in the you know book and stuff uh where they're making a dam there but uh yeah like they never had like a clubhouse especially like a huge clubhouse that no kid <laughs> could ever build yes and it's yeah because it's maybe it's uh ben who apparently has built the whole thing because he's an architect you see so he's good at building things oh, yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> So, and yeah, they, they make up this whole thing where these shower caps, so they couldn't get bugs in their hair, is his artifact. And I, that kind of weirded me, it was weird to me. I was like, why is this Stanley's artifact? That he didn't want bugs in his hair? That doesn't feel that personal. I guess, yeah. It, I don't know. It's, the, the artifacts were really weird. Uh, again, this is like a new thing they made up. And like, um, it makes sense. Like some people do have specific stuff that works for them. Like Eddie's inhaler. Like, okay, yeah, that works. Um, to a point, I, with... I, I think the boat, you know, for, I mean, even though it's kind of weird that he gets, you know, that uh, Bill's even able to find it. Cause it just, it happens to be that Pennywise yeah. kind of hands it to him for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 why? Cause well, this is one of the things that I hate about the, uh, the Bowers thing is that I, I heard people talk about the, in the book, the point of that is to show that Pennywise is actually kind of a little bit scared. The idea that the kids beat him once before, so the idea that oh, he, sure, yeah. he brings Bowers back to town to try and kill them. And he does yeah. come to town and try and kill them, but in the in this movie, there's no hint that Pennywise is scared. If, I, if anything, Pennywise seems to want them to be around just so he can get them back for, for thinking. Whereas yeah. I feel like 
from that from the book the idea that oh no, he's a little bit scared so the fact that he's bringing him in is to show that he's a little bit nervous that maybe they can beat him to show that he Definitely. can be defeated is actually kind of an interesting plot point but it's not in the movie yeah. at all um <laughs> so I, which is when why i'm bringing this up now is because again why does pennywise hand over the paper boat to bill yeah when it's the <laughs> thing yeah. that might be used to defeat him i don't know yeah, that's really strange. <laughs> and like I um and it would make more sense that he would uh use um uh, his uh his bike which he he calls silver which uh, again, you know, has a much more big significance in the book and I kind of thought that was going to be his token uh at first, but then I guess it's too big to burn, so yes. <laughs> they couldn't really use it. Um, well, because that's yeah. the, the thing is that when he gets to that that street where the drain and all that and where the old house is, is that we get like a flashback of the the opening of the first movie, and I'm like, this movie came out two years ago. You don't have to flashback to like you know Georgie coming exactly. out and all this stuff. It just yeah. it felt like <laughs> such wasted time, uh, you know. And even the new flashbacks I didn't like because it, it just felt like it was it wasn't needed. But those ones especially, but it was just clips from the last movie really bugged me. Uh, although we yeah. have skipped over the Stephen King scene because. He gets his bike from a, a a pawn shop, which is owned by Stephen King, and we get to have lots of meta jokes where Stephen King's yeah. saying that his endings are bad and stuff. So I will say, I mean, I I did love seeing Stephen King, and uh, you know he he's definitely made appearances in other movies before, but uh, you know he, he's not the best actor. But I feel like he's at a great age now, where like since he, he can only really play like an old man, it actually works. <laughs> sure. So I actually thought he was good as a character. There was like some weird, I guess like jokey stuff, like, cause Bill's stuttering. So he's asking like how much the bike is. And like, you know, he keeps going like what the beaver, the banjo, and they keep cutting to different mm-hmm. things that start off the B. And again, it's like a, this is such a weird joke in this movie. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, and especially like the kind of like the style of it, where it's like quick shots and like you know they cut to the banjo and then you hear like a banjo string and it's like, I just I don't know why <laughs> this is in the movie here. It's so strange. Yeah, the, um, the, the whole scene kind of bugged me. I felt like I don't mind time having a cameo, right? I really don't. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, but the the scene went on far too long and there's so much wink wink. Oh yeah, now your book yeah. suck. The ending's bad. I don't want an autograph. Yeah. Like all that stuff just was like, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Come on. Yeah, it's just yeah. I I loved having them there, but it could have just been so short, and you, you don't need that many jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just it was weird. Uh, so that was his relic. Um, it ends with him yelling at the, the little boy who was seen before, <laughs> telling him not to to leave town. Like, make up an excuse, get your parents to take you away from here, and never yeah. come back to Derry. Like, how is a ten year old kid going to convince his parents to yeah like like leave and move move house to a different town? Ten years don't have that power. Uh, anyway. Uh, so the, the Beverly's is the one that you see most of in the trailer. Actually, that that first trailer showed yeah. you a lot of this scene. Obviously, it's a lot more slower paced in the movie, but uh, where she goes to her old uh, place and it's this old woman living there. Obviously, when she gets outside the building, you find out that it's just a derelict building now, and everything was just a, a mirage by Pennywise. Yeah. Um. <coughs> yeah. And again, like they could have been like some cool, like creepy stuff in it, but like by the end when it's just a giant cgi naked lady <laughs> chasing her around the room it's like oh, come on i hate it it was so silly yeah. and grotesque it's, it's it's one of these things where they, you know they were too busy like you know thinking of whether they could they never stopped to think if they should right that yeah you know classic case of that i feel like there's like a weird thing in horror movies where people where you're just supposed to automatically think like an old naked person is scary <laughs> it's like 
it's just a person <laughs> just because well, they're older like <laughs> yeah the, the only thing she did that was creepy in the whole scene was when she just paused randomly in the middle of a sentence for like 30 yeah. seconds and then started talking again as if nothing had happened like see if she was naked but didn't like wasn't cg and wasn't running towards her and we didn't have the big footstep sound effects see if it was just like she just stood there naked staring at her that'd be way more yeah. creepy because it'd be like kind of unsettling why is she just staring at me um, but no, it's this big, grandiose, like, bo 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 bo. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's yeah. too much. <laughs> uh, Richie's because the artifact she gets is the the postcard that has the little yeah. love poem on it, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Richie remembers playing Street Fighter with <laughs> a guy, uh, same age as him. It turns out to be Bauer's cousin, and when he asks him to play another game, he accuses him of being gay. Uh, and then they sort of like basically run him out of the arcade and he has this big scene where the statue in the town center comes to life and attacks him and again big cgi just kind of silly <laughs> for yeah. me did nothing for me whatsoever yeah and and it's also weird uh a lot of people have like very significant stuff and then it's like richie's thing is just like a random like arcade token like it doesn't feel that important yeah. <laughs> compared to like you know beverly's poem or you know the boat that bill made um this, this does set up the interesting thing which actually uh was an addition to the movie where i actually kind of liked where they are starting to hint that um richie might have been gay uh because you know um pennywise kind of taunts him and says like oh i know your secret and then um yeah, the like, I think like some people are saying like, oh, that guy he was playing with, maybe he might have had a crush on, and then, um, you know, some people kind of started to say later on the movie that maybe you know he kind of had like feelings for like Eddie or something, which mm. uh, I actually think is like a really interesting uh, addition, and I kind of like that they hint at it, but it's not like you know like a big full blown thing where you know like takes over the character or something it's just kind of something that they throw there which uh but i'll, I'll give them a credit for that i think that was kind of a, an interesting uh addition uh that they put in there yeah no i think that's a nice little bit because he has the biggest arc in the movie because a lot of it is him like being too scared and wanting to leave and then ultimately as willing to like you know fight for his friend and kind of thing like, yeah. you know he has the most arc in there in fact the one thing that made me laugh uh is um when he goes to the the synagogue and we see like uh, stanley's oh, baptism yeah. uh or his <laughs> baptism, his baptism sorry he's a uh, bar mitzvah uh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the phrase i was looking for um uh, and stanley's just sort of makes this speech about how he's a loser and he always will be and uh young rich he just starts just stand, tries to give him a standing ovation and is grabbed yeah. by one of the, that was the only thing that movie that, that made funny. me laugh that was the only yeah. thing that made me laugh in the whole movie. I'll, I'll give that to him yeah yeah um yeah, so Eddie goes to a pharmacy, um, and then apparently when he was a kid, we see this the scene we never saw it in the first movie where he saw, uh, like behind the curtain, like oh, yeah. someone being like operated on or whatever. Um, it was uh, like his mom was his mom, like yeah. uh, in, down in the basement, and then um, they bring back the leper that like attacked him in the first movie. Yeah, 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 mm. um, and then. You know, and this is the scene that has the music that that plays when he's yeah. getting because vo- he gets vomited on again. It's very Evil Dead too, yeah. <laughs> which feels so out of place in this movie. But he gets vomited on, and this like this song starts, this kicks in, and oh yeah. And it, it's like so weird because it's like uh, it's not like there's a precedent for it. like it's not like they've been doing this throughout the whole movie, and the song is just there for like a brief second, but it's just so like uh, it, it takes away any if there was 
you know going to be any creepiness or anything it totally takes away from that it feels like such a you know <clears throat> like something they would do like in a you know like comic book movie or something nowadays um you know where they kind of have like a pop song play and it's just uh it, it really really irked me like i'm okay again with you know adding like comedy here and there but it just doesn't feel like the kind of movie for it, especially like you know in these specific scenes and, uh, and even before that too when he's like talking to the pharmacist who's like the guy from the first movie but he's all old now and then he, he's like farting and stuff and it's like what the hell is this this is so bizarre and i, I like kind of hate it uh <laughs> like really bugging me <laughs> yeah um so that was uh his he gets his inhaler um and then ben is in school he goes to school there's a flashback where uh, young Beverly uh, talks to him and says he's a fat, ugly loser who would who she would never yeah. kiss. Uh, but then obviously, it's not really her; it's Pennywise, and he hides in the locker. Um, but he finds he, he actually doesn't have to find anything. This is the weird thing about this scene: is that he actually already has his token in his wallet the whole time, uh, which is the the yearbook page that Beverly signed because she was the only one who did. Yeah. Um. So that that was you know, whatever. <laughs> like i i don't think it's a bad idea for a scene uh it's totally unnecessary um and uh, like everything else in this movie it's kind of ruined by like cgi but like i, don't know, I guess the idea behind it i, I was okay with but yeah it, I, I don't know why <laughs> i also think we're describing all these scenes where they all go off to get their own tokens and they all just feel so uh, you know, they, they pad out the runtime so much because it's this series of yeah. all shorts that we have to go through. Uh, what does Mike have to go do again? Remind me. Uh, well, I mean, he's already been in Derry, so he doesn't really have to visit anything. Um, I don't know if I remember what his token was. Uh, oh, was it, it was the, sure. it was the rock that Beverly threw? A, oh, right, 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 yeah. It was the rock with yeah, some yeah. blood on it. Uh, yeah, he doesn't get a scene. Yeah, so he just doesn't get one. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of course. Yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, you do find out that he's, like, living in the library. <laughs> so As you do. That's cool. Um, I guess... Uh, I actually heard uh, on another podcast they mentioned this, which I, I don't know how anyone would see this, but um, th they did say that he's the assistant librarian and... Um, that the actual librarian uh, is Wendy Torrance, which, okay, okay. <laughs> I guess that's an Easter egg. Like, I think there, there's like a nameplate or something you, you can see somewhere on there, but it's like one of those things where I don't know how you would ever catch it. But Oh, yeah. Well, there is a bigger uh, Shining reference later. There's a Here's Johnny oh, yeah, yeah. at one point, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not going to lie, me and my usual pretty... Yeah. significantly um yeah that was bad <laughs> yeah it's around this time bowers shows up and i didn't hate the scene where he stabs uh eddie in the face eddie. Yeah. and then eddie kind of stabs him through the shower curtain and he's just kind of like you know hobbling back with a knife in his stomach but the shower curtain's been dragged yeah. with it like that was okay uh for, for what it was um and of course they, they run off to try and save mike because mike's the next one being attacked and um uh it's i think it's actually richie who kills him with the with the axe because uh, there's, yeah. there's, there's a shot the first time we see the light inside the library there's like a close-up of this axe in a case like this that's like old axe and i'm like okay yeah. well that's Chekhov's axe someone's using <laughs> that later someone's getting hacked yeah. uh so you know and then it's like oh we have to go do this and there's a little detour with with bill because he goes off to try and save the kid because he 
he, he gets a message from Pennywise that he's going after him at the fair. So that's when we get yeah. the Hollow Mirrors scene where he's running after the kid and Pennywise kills the kid in front of him. Um, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'm surprised that the kid never came back. I thought when they were going to beat him at the end that the, the, the victims would come back, the ones that he'd taken uh, yeah, recently. It, I also, I wasn't like positive if this was something that actually happened or if this was like a delusion from mm. Pennywise that he was like taunting Bill. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was going to turn out that it didn't actually happen to the kid or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, oh no, the kid's okay. Uh, I guess as, as it's just a dark, like, yeah, a kid got killed. Uh, which again is where the tone's all over the place. You've got these silly jokes and then you've got a kid being murdered. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just exactly. all over the place. Um, but of course, they go to the house, they go under the, un, into the, you know, the, the sewer area and all the rest of it. And I remember actually seeing when they're on, when they make the decision to go there uh, and it re- you realise, oh, we're going to act three because they're going to like fight Pennywise. I think there was like 45 minutes of the movie left and I'm like, oh my God, like, this is going to be so stretched <laughs> out. And, it kind of yeah. was, you know, Pennywise, they think they've beat him when they put the artifacts in the thing, but he becomes a giant CGI spider thing. Uh, of course, actually, in the house before they go down, there's this the spider head. Uh, it's like Stanley's yeah. kid head that like, becomes a spider. And this is the one where I'm like, no, I saw this in the thing with practical effects, <laughs> and it was way better. Uh, yeah. This was just goofy, slapsticky CG, you know, throwing things around. Yeah, and like, uh, and again, I don't mind the idea of like, um, you know, like there is like a you know more notable scene uh, in the book in the miniseries where, uh, the, you know, you do see one of them opens up a fridge and Stan's head is in it. It's usually the adult version, but in this case, it's the kid version. But uh, like, I mean, you know, I, I can see the idea of, you know, a floating head, or you know, if it becomes like a little spider head, and then kind of you know, running around. Uh, I can see the idea where that's fun, but in this movie again, yeah, the CGI doesn't look good. And you know, when they're making like little quips and jokes about it, it's not funny. And yeah, I just <laughs> wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's, then and uh, so much of this movie is like the, like the whole thing is like, you like these characters, you want them to be together. And it feels like they're just constantly getting separated. Like, you know, they reunite in the town and then it's like, well, you got to go off by yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, <laughs> they come back together and then it's like, oh, but then like, you know, this person leave and oh, he's going to fight Pennywise. Like, all right, well, let's, we'll meet up and we'll fight Pennywise together. And then like, as soon as they're in the house, they instantly get split up again. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, they're just constantly like not together. And that's one of the fun things is you want to see like these characters and this cast that you like together. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like they're constantly not. No, no, I, I get that totally. Um, and when you know when they eventually have to split up again during the big fight with Pennywise, and they all have their own hallucinations, their own things. Where Bev's yeah. in a toilet cubicle, uh, flooding, uh, as Ben's like you know being buried alive with dirt and or whatever it is, and you know they all yeah. have their own thing. And we have the whole three doors joke with Richie and um, Eddie. I, yeah, and I feel like wow, like I, I was surprised. I was like. You know, this seems like something that, you know, maybe you would do in like a like, you know, like in a Marvel movie or something where maybe like 10 movies later, they might reference something from an early movie that's like, oh, hey, that's kind of funny. I remember that. Like this, it feels weird. It's like you're making jokes and references to like 
something that was just like a movie from two years ago. Like <laughs> it, it's not like, oh, the the not scary door and the scary door that it's not like that was a big iconic thing that everyone remembers from the first movie that we can't wait to see them reference again. It, it just felt like, a, I don't know, a dumb thing <laughs> to throw in. Yeah. And then, of course, you have to get the dog joke. <laughs> the dog joke. Yes. But they open the not scary door and it's just a little dog. Um, yeah. I just... I don't know. The whole thing was just really bloated at the end for me. Uh, yeah. These big CGI arms, like, running around with Pennywise and try to stab them. And, of course, Eddie does get stabbed after he does heroically save Richie, which, you know, feeds off the fact that he didn't earlier on when he was being attacked with a small spider head. Um, yeah. It's a whole thing. And then they ultimately beat him by just, like, telling him that he's not scary. Yeah, there's, like, a thing, like, they basically say, like, oh, he has to abide by the laws of the form he's taken or whatever so they're like we have to convince him that he's not scary which yeah the whole story is about fear uh so it does make sense that the way you beat him is by like you know not being afraid and getting him to feel fear um so I, i'm totally okay with that but then yeah the way they do it in this it's just kind of weird <laughs> and like i don't know yeah no i i uh I agree. I I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think the movie actually hits that that point home enough that it is just about yeah. fear. Um, yeah. But yeah, they all just kind of yell at him, you're a clown, you're nothing but a clown, you're just a clown, yeah. until he goes into the little jar and uh, that's basically... Yeah, or Actually, that doesn't even go in the jar, he just melts, right? He just kind of melts he's like dusts. A, there's like a thing he's in, I don't even know like what you would call it. Uh, it's like kind of this weird... I, I guess it'd be like that this whole underground place is like where he first landed when he <clears throat> came to earth or whatever. But yeah, he kind of has like, almost looks like a weird throne or nest or something that he kind of sits in. And then yeah, he ends up just kind of like fading into it. Yeah. The movie just kind of wraps up there. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of epilogue stuff, but that's the end of the story. You know, they do, yeah. Eddie's dead. They have to run out of the house because the house is all collapsing and like sinking into like a sinkhole. And yeah. And that's when we get the really poor taste suicide uh no they all sort of get this at the same time uh yeah. you know and we see that you know mike's finally leaving Derry. uh ben and bev are together on a boat and they're happily forever after and whatever else um anyway because yeah. even even the ending to me feels it almost feels like the end of a lord of the rings movie where it's just all these little tactile <laughs> epilogues like just oh everyone's yeah. all happy all these things and yada 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 <clears throat> Um, and you know there was an interview recently with like threatening that oh there's maybe enough mythology for a third movie I'm like no I don't please don't <laughs> yeah yeah I and mean, that was a big worry of mine that they that this was gonna make a lot of money and they're gonna like well we got to keep it going mm. uh, which I don't want to see um, I mean who knows though maybe if they um, do another one but you know they're not so tied to you know trying to fit stuff into the book or something maybe they could actually be better i don't know uh but at least now i'm not too hopeful um yeah th i was i was happy when it ended i was i just really like uh it's i mean obviously we're being very negative like i i don't think it's the worst thing in the world like uh i i guess on one hand I, I maybe do applaud him a little bit for trying to incorporate so much stuff from the book uh i guess even though it was done poorly but uh, i mean I, I feel like it could have been like a lot worse but uh, i don't know i guess maybe the kind of mediocrity the genericness of it uh 
maybe it would have been better if it was just a little crazy or even if it was worse i feel like it, it kind of suffers from uh bram stoker's dracula uh, that movie a little bit the same kind of syndrome where it's, it's obsessed with putting a lot of things in from the book but it kind of misses the nuance and what actually yeah. makes those moments work in the book um i would much rather have a slower paced thing that actually takes its time and really nails and it's crazy that i'm saying that because the movie's two hours and 50 minutes yeah i'm saying that it needs to be more slow paced in some ways but it does kind of for some of the horror stuff it needs to be less kind of snappy and more like tense building um well i i think what uh what you're saying is get rid of a lot of the stuff that you don't need and then take more time with the stuff (laughs) that you do yeah that's uh yeah i agree with that (laughs) there you go that's a perfect way to put it uh i mean mean, i'm sure we've glossed over a couple of moments but I think sure. ultimately the way I felt during this movie was just kind of like I was ready for it to end like quite early. <laughs> like I was ready for it to just get through the motions and just just wrap up because it wasn't doing anything to grab me. Um, it's so weird. I don't I don't know why like movies have to be so long. Like like you know with movies like this and like comic book movies, it's like wouldn't you save money <laughs> by having shorter movies? Like people are still gonna see it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I get why like something like Endgame, you know, has to be very long. But I don't know if you're just doing a, you know, a new Thor movie, a Guardians movie, like doesn't need to be more than two hours. <laughs> like, honestly, like you know, a nice uh, hundred minute movie that that goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. Uh, so, what are you uh, going to rate this, uh, Timbo? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, we, we were definitely really negative. Um, but, um, again, like it's not the worst thing in the world. So I'm not, I'm not going to give it like, you know, a one or anything. Like I do wish it was a lot better. Um, and there were moments here and there that I did enjoy. Uh, and I do like the cast and, um, you know, again, there, there are some moments that I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. Or I can see how this would be good. Maybe it's just a CGI or something ruins it for me. So, uh, I'm going to give it a four, which is not a good score. Um, uh, actually, you know, maybe I'll even go as high as like a 4.5 because I, I don't know, like I did, you know, uh, there, there was enough there that I liked and maybe it is cause I liked the book so much that there was, uh, maybe I give a little credit for some stuff more than I should, but like it, it could have been a, a lot worse, but, uh, yeah, it, it's still not very good. <laughs> I can't give it that high of a score. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna go with straight four. It's not the worst thing ever. Is very comparable to Pet Cemetery, to be honest. Maybe a little bit better uh, from earlier this year. But yeah, yeah, rough time. Like, there's a reason why Stephen King ad- adaptations don't excite me that much. Is because so many of them suck. <laughs> <laughs> so many of them do. Not all of them, but a like, lot of them. I mean, what I kind of miss, uh, like with this and Pet Cemetery, is like. I mean, even though we we're talking a lot about like you know there being jokes and stuff, like I still think it takes itself very seriously. Mm. Uh, where like I do miss, uh, like you know we we did have a lot of good like Stephen King adaptations in the eighties and stuff, but I do kind of miss there was a period where we got like really bad ones, but at least they were bad in a fun way. Mm. Um, I was freaking skype i I keep getting like these calls like you're calling me even though we're on the line uh fun fun tech stuff Uh, yeah i I do miss like uh you know if if we're gonna have like bad stephen king adaptations at least have them be like fun bad you know like 
I don't I don't like to do these ones that are just like trying to be so serious and scary and uh, they're just not. <laughs> I just I need I need better direction. I think first and foremost, and then for this one I really need a tighter script. I need something that actually focuses things in a bit. Uh, it just it feels so bloated. Uh, yeah, and in a way that it feels like it's not even adding that much to it. Like it feels like it's almost three hours long, and yet I felt like not a lot happened for a lot of the movie, and that's sure. kind yeah. of a rough time. So. Yeah, four out of ten from me. Yeah. So that's Stephen <laughs> King's It Chapter Two. Uh, not a great time, and you know, I like I I was definitely more positive on the first one. I then give it like a I may have even went as high as a seven on the on the first one. And I I I mean honestly, like retroactively after thinking about it, I think my score for the first one is going to go down a little bit because I do think I I give it something somewhat high, like maybe even like an eight ish. Uh, in that realm um, yeah but... I, I think i'm going down as well i, I feel like not, not just because this one taints it a little bit but because i think the problems i had if i tried watching the first one again it, it would probably be more pronounced it would probably bother me yeah. even more than the first time yeah and again like you know just to really stress it it's like uh like to me even even if it was like you know, if, if we combine the two together even if it was maybe like a six or something which is still like you know, not great, but whatever kind of middling territory. Uh, it still bothers me when I love the book so much. And like, for me, the book is like a 12 out of 10. It's like, all right, to have like an adaptation that is like just okay. Uh, it kind of annoys me. Yeah. And as someone who's not read the book, this adaptation did not work for me uh, yeah. at all. So it's, it's not pleasing either of us. Um, I'm sure some people will like it. Um, but yeah, I... I don't want to take away from anyone that did like it's, you know, that's that's totally fine. <laughs> um, I just I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to make a lot of money. And that's the only thing that worries me is like I don't want to see it giving inspiration to like other you know movies but like, oh, yeah, we got to start doing like the big budget, you know, big name kind of thing for our horror movies. It's definitely not something I, I want. <laughs> you know, maybe an odd movie here and there could work, but overall, not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That is it, chapter two, which brings an end to this, uh, I think, fairly long episode of Screams After Midnight. <laughs> um, you can, of course, uh, check out our, our Twitter, at Screams Midnight, if you want to do that. You can like and subscribe and tell us what you think of the movie in the comments below. Uh, you may or may not disagree with us. Uh, you can, of course, as we said earlier, go to patreon.com slash TV and support us that way for as little as $1 per month, and it helps us a lot if you do that. Uh, and, of course, this just reminds you once again that next month, is the Octoberthon. It is 31 episodes over 31 days, four of which are exclusive to Patreon in the $1 tier, but 31 episodes, including, may I add, uh, a top 50 worst horror movies list that me and Tim are going to do uh, sort of separately, and we're going to do our results of that. Uh, but also a top 50 horror movies as voted for by you guys. Uh, mftvquestions at gmail.com. You can send in your top 25 or top 50 horror movies, and based on where your movies placed, they'll get points and there'll be a results show and me and Tim will do a two-part uh, sort of results of that uh, late next month. So please do. If you haven't already, submit your top 50s and top 25s to mftbquestions at gmail.com and just make sure you put in the subject header uh, top horror movies or something like that so that I know that's what it is and not, you know, the random love letters that me and Tim often get. Because <laughs> we do. Well, we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. a lot of people telling us our hair burns like January fire or whatever. 
Okay, I don't even know what that meant. Yeah. But uh, that is uh, that <laughs> that's is a the... poem from the movie. What oh, was it? Talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I remember. Ben says, I, don't remember. I, I didn't even remember. But <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, that that has been Screws After Midnight. That has been our discussion of it, Chapter Two. Hopefully, uh, we weren't too negative and miserable for you, although we probably were. Uh, but we'll see you next time. <laughs> what keep, else is new? <laughs> keep watching scary movies, guys, and we will see you next time.